back with another edition of our foreign cast series, which is going on and 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 on. Still doing the three squared jingle jingle. Nah, that didn't work. This is the 224th episode of the Fake Podcast. I'm Brandon T. McClure. With me, as always, on this journey is Ben Magnet. I have sea shanty stuck in my head. They won't leave my brain. Yeah, that, that, that is something that happened recently. Uh, Ryan Eliopoulos. I actually have been in the sea shanties before they got cool because I've been playing Pirates of the Caribbean and watch Black Sails. So take that, TikTok. <laughs> and Sparks Witty. I, I enjoy a good sea shanty from okay. Challenge. We okay. all enjoy a good sea, sea shanty. All right, then, gentlemen, ready? One. Nope, no, we're no, not doing no, it bad. Nope, nope, nope. Ben? No. This is not a musical podcast. Stop trying to make it one. <laughs> that, that's our next one, the Disney. We do not have the equipment to sound good. Oh, yeah. Let alone our voices. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we can't half-ass the people. We got to give them like a full recording. For I think the major hurdle is the voices, honestly. <laughs> no, I think the major hurdle is if you try to sing and it goes, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> the glitching yeah. out. No, thank yeah, you. That, that, that would suck. That's a StreamYard um, exclusive. So yeah, we are not we are not going to to spontaneously break out into a sea shanty. Um, however, we do have we do have some links in the description. Uh, oh, speaking of Patreon, our Patreon, you know, hey, sixty one episodes there, specials there. You got the Mark Guggenheim original episode there. You got the uh, holiday <laughs> sixteen episode there. A lot of cool stuff on that Patreon, as well as an exclusive shirt. Uh, thank you for letting me plug that, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but we have like. Now I know where you got all those ideas from, Brandon. Oh, no, I had the shirt, yes. The shirt, yes. But <laughs> yep. the, the 61 episodes, uh, our early episodes was no. Um, yes, uh, we have links in the description. As Ben just alluded to, I spoke about this last month. I was on the uh, Invest in Yourself podcast by a good friend of mine, Phil Better. Um, he did a, he, he's doing this podcast series about um, uh, podcasters and people and content creators and um uh, helping them out. So I did a bit of an interview on that one, talking about this show and, and all the, the, the success and the struggles and the everything. And that's all there in the link in the description below, as well as Ryan's uh, downright annoyed episode from today. That's today. And our WandaVision fake nerds watch. First two episodes of WandaVision are in the description below. So check the out Ma- all those. The Maku is back. The Maku is back. Um, new intro and new logo. Yeah, and we also we also are going to show you show our live audience that new that new logo now. Uh, if oh you yeah, want to see it? Here we go. There it is. The logo. That's a logo. The new Fake Nerds Watch logo, designed by our good buddy Sparks Witty. Look at that TV's popping, it's buzzing. Thank you. That is an awesome logo for Fakers Watch. So if you watch Fakers Watch, that'll be there. As well as, guys, here's your new Basement Arcade logo. Whoa! Video games. Oh, shit. I want that on a shirt. Like, give it, me. give it to me I'm now. So, I'm so glad that I didn't show Ben the, the logo until yeah. now. <laughs> oh, God. That's oh, a good one. Hold on. Well, no, keep, put it back up there. I want to oh, talk. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. You designed this, right, Sparks? I did, yes. yeah. I, I, I bought I bought some like tools so that you know licensing with certain images wouldn't be an issue kind oh, of yeah. thing. There's, no. there's a lot of tricks for that for logo designing, but more or less I, I retrofitted it and designed it. 
No, okay. I love the the PlayStation controls uh, for the smoke coming out the chimney, the basic controllers, the house, and the Switch Joy Cons for each of the arcade cabinets. I love that. Yeah. So uh, if you if you are familiar with the original Baseball Arcade logo, it is uh, it, it is it is different. It's. It, I, I actually dig this more. To be, I mean, don't I loved our old logo because you know. Yeah, like, yeah, Sparks. Your old logo was shit. What happened? God, thank God that piece of shit's out of here. The old logo is there. <laughs> it's just the text. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks a little bit better. It's like it's refined a little bit more. It does. Um, it does. I went. I went back in and and recreated the text from scratch now. Shit. And as uh, as Ben said, he wants a shirt of it. Uh, if you guys want a shirt of it, it will, it will be going up on T Public this week uh, on on shirt. Um, well, I have a bit of a small announcement to make. I got two more things I want to say before we get into our week. I am starting a new project. I mentioned that there are more announcements coming uh, from the Factory Podcast last week. Um, one of those announcements is I'm starting a new project where I'm going to be interviewing podcasters and content creators about how their views on fandom, on their fandom specifically, have shifted uh, after they started their podcast or their they became content creators. Um, I find that I found that fascinating. It was an idea I had two years ago when I was much more cynical about it, but now I'm not. And I think the ideas uh, got a lot of sway. So I've already recorded three three episodes, and I got two more coming this week. Uh, I'm going to record a bunch, and then I'm going to start uploading them onto iTunes. Nice. Um, but here it is: the debut of Conversation. That cool. Is- With. Uh, with the, the, the logos for the people who are going to go in. The, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, like with is that is your name supposed to be there or is it not? No, no. It's going to be like conversation with and then the person. Gotcha. Uh, that I did. Um, Phil Better, who I mentioned at the top of this episode, uh, he was my first. He's going to be my first episode, and I, I've gotten two other people, and then got more people coming. Uh, Ken's going to be on it. Little sizzle. Uh, we haven't recorded that one yet, but sizzle. Um, sizzle. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Uh, it, it. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Conversation. Stay tuned. Yeah, love it. And then the last thing is a new shirt going up on T Public. Um, Sparks, you know what this is. Uh, you guys may have remembered Mark Hamill uh, uh, had a uh, bit of a snafu on the internet when he said, "I'm so happy true fans like Mark, like Luke Skywalker again in The Mandalorian or something like that." Mm. So here is our new shirt on T Public. I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. Oh, that's cute. Oh, all right. A little bit of branding for our for our show. Uh, you know, we always rail against gatekeeping and the the true yeah. fanness of 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 that. So, uh, mm-hmm. hey, we're fake nerds. So there you go. Fair I love it. Too. Oh man, it's red. So that'll be going up on T Public this week. Uh, no, there is two t shirts I need to buy. God damn it! This one was designed by my girlfriend. Um, you can find her masks in the link in the description below. Crafted by Z Mask. Get those Factor Podcast masks. Keep wearing them. Uh, we uh, we're still in this. I don't want to be in this anymore. That's all I got. Uh, those are the announcements. More to come. It's going to be a good year for the Factor Podcast. Good year, Blair. Actually, it already started off as a great year for Factor Podcast. So a little sizzle for me. I Just was going into your week. Just do it. All right, fine. Screw you. No, no, that that's no, 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 your week. I, yeah, because so, your week. What, yeah, so one of the, so one of the things I did this week is I was a guest again on my friend Inga's podcast, Adults Talking Anime Plus. That episode will be uploaded this upcoming Friday. So she and I and her she myself her brother for about two hours I think we just just talked about anime, talked about video games, talked about it was a good time. It was nice. really fun. I love and, it. And also she's going to be my first guest on Base Arcade Pause Menu. 
Yes, a uh, little bit of sizzle for another thing coming. Perfect. Their podcast network. Good lord, uh, many things are coming up are coming up. Right. Yeah. So I did that on Friday, which we was like awesome. doing things. I do like doing things. Doing things is fun. So besides that, uh, my week um, wasn't a whole lot of of nerd stuff. I read a little bit more Ready Player Two because I'm reading I'm reading that, and I'm also trying to get my thoughts sorted for an article I'm going to write for the podcast for the website. Um, fun wise, I've been playing a little bit more of a Hyrule Warriors. I'm getting closer and closer into it, but also I finally popped in Super Mario Maker. Holy shit, guys! The amount of create. How did I not get into Super Mario Maker two sooner? That game is just oozing with creativity. What the people have done. I've only done a few levels of uh, creator made uh, stuff, and they're all fantastic. Like going my, my, so far, my favorite ones are just going through the music ones because people can impl- can make music as in like Mario chip tunes, so it's not copywritten. When I mm-hmm. found an anime opening one, I was like, "Well, I have to play this level." I get through it, and of course, the last one was Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm like, "This is awesome." Well, of course it is. Yeah, this is rad. Or even I'm doing a, a, another winter style level where you have to be careful and like go across on the ice. And then uh, right when I get to a certain part, I'm running through it. Let it go starts playing in the background. I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, the things you can do in that game um, that they don't immediately kind of like tell you. Uh, like people find out like the things you can combine and, and make are are really fascinating. Like I haven't played it, but I've watched. Yeah. I've watched. There's a. Um, there's a uh, uh, a YouTube creator named um, uh, Rubber Ninja. Uh, he used to mm-hmm. work at Game Grumps, and he has right now like a 40 level thing that like people are on Twitch trying to beat. Like that's like the Twitch thing is trying to beat his levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, if you could be one level, I'd be surprised. Yeah. It is the, the 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 complexity, and like you have to beat the level that you make. So you can't make oh, it yeah. impossible. But the complexity mm-hmm. of these levels, I'm like, I don't even know how you begin to make this. It is right. it is truly insane um because i feel i remember uh the completionist uh he was talking about another game because when he did a video on the first super mario maker he talked about a rom hack for original super mario world known as kaizo mario that yeah. has been making rounds on the internet for a while which is really really hard super mario world levels so essentially nintendo heard about that said you know what let's do something like that and they created super mario maker i haven't played a kaizo mario le- level yet because I'm scared too, and I'm I just barely um, got into the the main storyline. Main storyline is fun. I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to play more, and I also cannot wait to start making levels. But the one of the funniest things is the um, the tutorial NPCs. One of them is a is a, a a young woman named Nina, and the other is a pigeon. Good. A pigeon tells you how to make Mario levels, while Nina throws you mad shade when you do exactly what she tells you to do pigeons are the ultimate construction uh people i mean we know that from yeah 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 so mario maker 2 is just think of a pigeon with a hard hat and like plans walking into a construction site even better a pigeon with a mario hat on and a mario logo on his chest i'm not talking about a cartoon pigeon in a mario game i'm talking about a real pigeon in a construction site with a hard hat and Oh God! And, yeah. Sorry, Ben. No. So besides uh, Hyrule Warriors and Mario Maker, playing more Bloodborne with Payton, uh, that that's pretty much that's pretty much been my week. Just trying to play a little bit of uh, a few video games here and there. Oh, I watched a little bit more Ducktales. I got to the Christmas episode of season two. God damn, guys, that made me cry. That's such a good episode. It 
is I really hope they do another episode in season three where they explain why Scrooge hates Santa Claus. It's already aired. Santa's Santa Claus is a polar bear. Oh yeah, I know. I, I've had a feeling because I saw the, the like the blow up inflatable of him. Mm-hmm. Like when Scrooge looks, he's like walking around the house. He's like, "Who put this up?" And then well, everyone's pointing at everyone else. Well, what's really funny about that is is the, the whole episode he pretends to hate Christmas, but he actually doesn't hate Christmas. So everyone's well, like, yeah. "Oh, so you really, so you really don't hate Santa Claus?" And it's like, "No, he knows what he did." I don't want to spoil it for the, I don't want to spoil it for these two guys, but I, the people who Scrooge is partying with in episode, I was like, "Oh, that's a good episode. A good that episode. is a very." Also, um, I think Brand, you said the the voice, uh, the original voice of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yes, that's a good episode too. Uh, that's the same episode. I forgot. Yeah, that's the same episode. Because at first, when I saw like Teenage Donald, I was like, "Wait, where am I?" Oh, like the second he said, "Get here, you big paluga!" I'm like, "Oh, I know who you are now." Yeah, Huey, Dewey, Louie, and um, um, the uh, girl, the I forgot her name. What um, Gale. Webigail, they were all voiced by one actress in the original series, and that actress comes back to play Donald, young Donald, in the new show. And I thought that was cool. Man, that show is so good. That show truly is amazing. Yeah, I really like that show. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get back to Tales. But Uh, that's pretty much my week. Not a whole lot of stuff going on. Sparks or Ryan? I'll go, because I did equally not very much. Um... Um, I'm still in my pirate mode. I'm not playing Assassin's Creed, but I'm still on the Black Sails. Um... I've been looking for more pirate games to play, and coincidentally, on Steam, I found this pirate game that was on sale 80%, so I bought it for a dollar, and it's a multiplayer-only pirate ship game that's, like, kind of kind of wonky, but I bought it for a dollar, so I gave it a shot, and I only played one match, but it lasted 45 minutes, and the captain was Captain Tiggle Biddies, and we were on his ship, the Tiggle Biddies, and we got to go, <laughs> yeah. I love that song! Your favorite Martian, right? Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was, it was really funny. Oh, but you're on the ship, and the it's like it's like a attack and defense. So you're the pirates, and you're attacking this colony. So you have a pirate ship, and they have a pirate ship. And if you defeat their pirate ship, you go on to the land, and you take over the base, right? That's like that's the game. It's just multiplayer. But it's so fun because you have to manually load all the cannons. You have to like put the the cannonball on the ammo and all that stuff. And you have to do the stupid, stupid shit. And you have to like you have to hurl water off the boat. And you have to plug holes if it gets shot. And what makes it super fun is if the captain's into it, everyone's into it. So the captain's like, oh, we need soldiers down here. And he's just yelling. Over. He's like, oh, mateys, we almost got them, captains. And I'm just like, yo, this dude's just making this game so much fun. So, like, there's a whole section of Steam players who just find these cheap games and they play them. Because it was, like, a whole bunch of people playing it the first time because they bought it for a dollar. And, like, what do we even do? And he's just like, ah, oh, do your best. Do your best, son. It's like... <laughs> God damn it, this game's amazing. So I'm probably going to play some more of that. I might stream it just because it's so fun. Also, because it's multiplayer, lots of bad racism. Lots of really gross shit. Remember when you used to play Call of Duty when you were 13? Still around, you guys. Be careful. So uh, that's been a lot of fun. Even though I only played it for, like again, like one hour. Um, <laughs> Black Sails. I started Horizon Zero Dawn because I never beat it. That's a game that came out like four years ago. Um, the sequel's coming out this year, so I thought I'd start it again. Um, that is a post- post-apocalyptic game so it takes place after the apocalypse has happened and it's like thousands of years after nature is rebuilding and the people are now back to tribe society so it's you you are playing as a a group of like post-technology vikings living in, in like in the apocalypse but like you look like you would like in 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 Assassin's Creed Valhalla you get like paint on you and you get like axes and it's it's tribal and stuff but it's also you're hunting robot dinosaurs and the game's sick and it's basically Monster Hunter but like the western version of Monster Hunter and you have to attack certain parts to break off their their armor um it's just really fun uh, I'm still early on 
Uh, I played a lot of it when it originally came out, but I never beat it. And now I got I got it with uh, all the DLC and all the add-ons and stuff for like ten bucks or whatever. Um, so that's that's a good old time. Uh, that's a I I think I was harsher on that game at the time for some reason. Uh, and it's dope now. And it's I'm thinking that maybe Ghost of Tsushima is going to be a similar vein when I go back to it. I'm like I think I was just in a bad mood when I played it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Horizon Man, I'm I'm jumping on T Rexes and I'm stabbing the shit out of them. It's great. <laughs> Um, I read some comics. I didn't get to the comics thread this week, but I, I read some comics from the past. Uh, I didn't mention that Eternals came out. There's a new Eternals book. That book rips, you guys. If you like X-Men, that is that is what if the X-Men were even nuts and weirder. And I, that's weirder to say, but like, yo, man, that book is out there and really cool. Um, check out Eternals. That yeah, movie should have come out. That would have been out already. That's crazy. I read Eternals as well. It was really good. Yeah, it's a that's a bonkers book. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's me. Sparks? Yeah. I will go. Um, not not a lot to report because a decent chunk of my time was spent building logos, building intros for the show. And Can I actually finish what I spent most yeah. of my So I actually spent most of my week doing something that I didn't even mention. I'm building a tabletop role-playing game, a mecha kaiju RPG that I'm going to play with people. Uh, I spent six hours doing it yesterday. That's why I wasn't playing video games with you guys because I was writing stories and, and algorithms and things how to make a Dungeons & Dragons game. So um, I combined aspects of a bunch of different RPGs that I that – to make it easy into a, a really nice uh, mainstream streamlined Evangelion Pro Power Rangers esque RPG. Um, so um, get get That's... hear more of that hear more of that in the future, you guys. We're gonna be done just. I, vol- I volunteer oh. tribute to playtest it. Oh no, I absolutely need you to playtest it. Then yeah. real quickly, did you just recently watch Hunger Games? Because this is the second Hunger Games reference you've done in two days. No, oh, I just made the odds be ever in your favor. And I, also, I, I, I volunteer tribute. I have never, I have never thought of Hunger Games since I watched that, since I watched the second to last movie. And like, all of a sudden you're like two, two days in a row. I'm like, oh yeah, Hunger Games was a thing. Hey, I remember Katniss Evergreen. Remember the thing that made Jennifer Lawrence big? Yeah, Winter's Bone. Yeah, but the thing that (laughs) made her mainstream big. No, I'm kidding. I know, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Yeah, first class. (laughs) That's not even true. (laughs) Was it? American Hustle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's cool. That's really um, cool. It's nice to feel creative. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of my time was logos, intros, uh, for things you've seen, for things you haven't seen. Um, I was also conferring with Jeremy for a decent chunk of the week about suburban proctologists. That was a chunk of my time. Um, I watched a lot of Gilmore Girls in my downtime as well. Um, Ryan and I. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan and I watched a little more. Good lord, the cats are pulling apart something. <laughs> Where are you in Gilmore Girls? What what are they pulling apart? Just a, a cardboard box. So what happened? Okay. Where um, are you in Gilmore Girls? Uh, like halfway through season two. Okay. What just happened? Yeah. Um, they just uh, Lorelai just got the loan with Emily for the house. Because of the termites. Yes. Yes. Yes, I remember that. Uh, Ryan and I are continuing our path through My Hero Academia, yeah! which is lovely. Um, season three still, right? Yeah, we're in season three. All right. um, we watch WandaVision. There's fake nerds to watch for that, obviously. Uh, there was some Dead by Daylight playing. There was some Fall Guys. Predator. Um, there was some Fall because, Guys. Because Doom came to Fall Guys, uh, which was cool. 
Yep. There was Predator. There was a decent chunk of Predator. Um, in fact, there was also some Fortnite this week. Uh, we went and we checked out uh, Predator has landed in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. At least his pod has. We haven't found the character yet. We're going to have to fight him later mm-hmm. to earn him. Um, to, to earn him. <laughs> earn his skin. Yeah, to earn his skin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, uh yeah but uh we had we had a good time getting everybody uh getting a lot of people into predator mm-hmm. hunting grounds which has been fun on the ps4 mm-hmm. um we've had some really good matches in that which was which was great mm-hmm. uh that's that's been a fun little experience it's it's nice that uh, so many people could get it because it got cheap <laughs> thanks to you <laughs> that too but also just that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't just like sky skyrocketed downwards mm-hmm. in price yeah, Predator, uh, Predator Hunting Grounds has uh, one. I was going to mention also that it's got two, like it's got a Viking Predator and a Samurai Predator, and yes. like Ryan and I spent like a good ten or fifteen minutes talking about how cool it would be if they did movies set in feudal Japan or it's so or Viking true. time. It, just like any any amount of period Predator shit is a good idea at this point. Yes. Like once you go, you know, it doesn't have to be modern America anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, you can basically make an Assassin's Creed franchise out yeah. of Predator. Absolutely, I, um, I would flock to the movie theater. I mean, once it was safe to go flock to the movie theater, of course, to watch a Predator movie that was based in either medieval Europe, dealing with knights and Vikings, or feudal Japan. Well, Dude, we know I, that the, the we we we've heard rumors anyway that the new one will be um, Native American. Mm-hmm. Honestly literally set in any time different time period like previous time period i don't care where like any previous time period i'm i'm there oh, like Western. that's great i wish yeah i it makes no. me wish predator, predator cowboy hat it makes me wish predator was the thing getting like a special series mm-hmm. uh licensed by disney i'm sure it'll happen eventually that was an anthology and every episode is just a different time period with a different predator that'd be sick no how cool. so into that how cool would it be to see like a predator with like a, a its version of a sword and a samurai warrior in the middle of the field with the wind blowing the and the green oh, is predator. flowing? Well, that's, huh? predators. That's, that's predators. That's predators. They do that in predators. Oh. That happens in predators. Damn. You, oh, that's you're right. You're right. It does. Yes. <clears throat> that exact Damn. thing happens. Um, that movie rules. Absolutely right. Forget everything I said. That movie uh, rules. The other thing I did is uh, the anime group finally got back together. So we watched a few episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, that anime is good. It is taking turns I didn't expect for a dark shonen. Um, its humor is top notch. I will tell you how top notch the humor is. Um, they had this episode where they essentially introduced one of the guys who's part of the faction of like, those who are familiar with my hero academia, what would be the league of the league of villains, essentially um, you meet an underling and then he goes and he hangs out with like the two top guys in what in their like safe area, mm-hmm. which turns out to be a really pristine beach is where their villains lair area is lucky when the show ends and you stay after the ending credits, it does a short where it continues the scene. And one of the guys, the underling you've been following, he only escaped with just his head. So he's just a talking head right now. Well, they decide to play a soccer game with his head. Yeah. Your two main straight faced villains just decide to play a soccer game with his head. And I'm like, yo, these are like some, 
some seriously intimidating villains and they're just like but we'll also have a good time <laughs> and i'm like holy shit this show this it. show has some humor it is not afraid to flex um i really enjoy it i highly recommend jujutsu kaisen uh my reading continues i'm still uh off and on reading ken's why we love star wars again uh while also reading uh trying to do my daily thing Uh, a lot of that this week was star wars related again it's um first i read princess leia and han solo the two stories that take place uh just after a new hope but before the star wars continuous run that started with marvel comics uh i'd read the princess leia one before so it was just a reread for me a refresher but i really like it that's a great one um that's mark wade mark wade yeah um but the Han Solo one I hadn't read, and that's Marjorie Liu. And that one is stupid good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really liked that book a lot. Uh, that's That gave a voice to Han Solo I appreciated so much. It felt very expansive on the character in the sense of like seeing who he has been up before A New Hope. Things that do feel like they make sense with who he was in Solo. Mm-hmm. A Star Wars story and it's also like this race that they do is way cooler than the Kessel Run um, <laughs> that, that happens in this comic which is really dope mm-hmm. and it's like but it does make me go like how is this not the thing he brags about yeah like after after this point in the story it's like man Kessel Run ain't shit if you you were winning this race everybody yeah. knows you were winning this race <laughs> like the Dragon Void Run is the most important high pro whatever that's fine i feel like that's the thing you'd talk about all the time or at least in conjunction with each other be like made the kessel run 12 parsecs also technically won the dragon void run so you know i just that's what i think but i remember when those books came out i read them i read read both of those when they came out yeah uh i really like that i like that a lot and then i decided that i wanted before i continued anything further on star wars i really wanted to revisit the dark horse run from 2013 to 2014, which was the very last Star Wars run that they did yes. before Disney took over and Marvel took over. And they really much, very much had the same concept that Disney did, which is, what if we told a story that happens right after the events of A New Hope? <laughs> and, and they were doing that exact thing. And there's some stuff that gets retread in a better way in the Marvel version now, the, the true canon version now, which is like, I, I never really latched into the way that Vader finds out who Luke is, uh, that he's alive all that stuff in the Brian Wood run, even though I think that that writing is fantastic. I much prefer the Marvel version where he sends out Boba Fett and he learns that he gets pissed after he clashes with Luke and sees his own lightsaber. And that's the first clue mm-hmm. um, in Brian Wood's book. There's a lot of great stuff, but the one part I find really lazy is that he's just sitting and meditating in his room and he goes Skywalker. His name is Skywalker. And he just, it just comes to him. And I'm like, nah, come on, man. <laughs> that is kind of weird. That being said, everything else about that I think is really great. This is where this is a story where Leia pilots an X-wing. Not only that, she leads a stealth squadron for a secret operation that they have to keep entirely off the books and only Mon Mothma gets to know about. Um, this is also it, at the same time you're following a story where Han Solo goes to Coruscant to meet with someone that Mon Mothma wants them to, and the deal goes bad, and Boba Fett and um, uh, Bosk are both hunting Han Solo all over the skies of Coruscant. And the art is awesome. The art is so good throughout that series. And then you get to the story where Leia found a planet that's actually going to be able to be the home of the rebellion. But the, the but the only way they could do it is if she marries the prince. 
and that becomes a whole story and it's really engaging and there's honestly i stand that series for the leia stuff leia is so very much a true leader in that there's one other super great bittersweet moment i want to touch on which is where she goes back and visits alderaan's destruction and she leaves this capsule thing so the idea is all these Alderaan refugees would come back to the spot and they leave this capsule of memorial that now floats among the debris of Alderaan. And I think that's just so pretty yeah. as an idea. Um, and, and while there's really nice Alderaan stuff that happens in the Marvel canon and all that, like the, her Leia book is fantastic. It takes place immediately after and she's looking for everyone who's a survivor. Um, that kind of moment isn't recreated. So it's just it's just a bummer to lose some of those really nice things that I think that they did really well in that run. I remember when that run came out, the big deal was that it was the first book that Dark Horse put out with Lucan and Leia in like over a decade. Because mm. they hadn't they they like stayed away from Lucan and Leia to do like legacies and prequels and, yeah. and all sorts of bouncing around the timeline, and then they were like, let's just do one with the trio again. Right. And then a year later, they get bought and relaunched. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it, it is a shame because it's like there there was so much really great stuff there, and uh, it, more than anything, it's like honestly the biggest bummer about it is like if you didn't have the Vader story, if you didn't have a story about Vader learning who Luke is, all of that could slide into the canon no problem. Mm -hmm. All that you could just mentally project it and be like, yeah, this totally happened. This is great. But the Vader thing just 100% violates it. legend now. But but everything else about it, I'm like, man, this is so dope. Like, seeing Leia be a pilot, seeing all that kind of shit, I wish that stuck around. It's it's also where, like, they, they lead into how Stealth Squadron inspires Wedge to come up with Rogue Squadron. There's good shit in that run. Um, worth revisiting, both for the art and the character story, even though it's not true canon anymore. I love it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. It's canon to me, damn it. Um, we mentioned Ken a lot on this episode. Uh, he just he just put up a Good People's Association that's up now. He did the live stream yesterday. Um, What's that? It's his new like network. He puts up. A, he's going to do a bunch of shows with, like Josh McCuga and and mm -hmm. uh, and other people he knows. Mark Ellis, part of it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he launched that yesterday. So you know, good job, Ken. Uh, we support you. Talk about Predator. I started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider this I week. I saw that. That's Is the that... second one. That's the second one, yeah. Snowy one. Um, I so far like that a lot better than the first one. I like the first one mostly for gameplay, not really for story. I think the story is kind of thin. Mm -hmm. that's, um, that's more or less how I feel about Uncharted, too. Yeah. Oh, that's 100% the case, yeah. yeah. Where, where I think the first one is really ingenuitive for its gameplay, not as much for its story or its characters. And just from the amount I played of Uncharted 2, which I haven't finished yet, but the amount that I played, I'm like, there's so much more going on here. Spoilers, yeah. I think Uncharted 2 is the best one. I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I uh, really, uh, My biggest problem was in Tomb Raider, I, couldn't, I didn't really get a sense of who Lara was as a character. There was a lot of talk about her dad, but they didn't really go into it. There was, we just kind of start the game and then the ship crashed on the, and the ship's already been crashed on the island. And I'm like, okay, well, why are we even here? Did um, you read all the notes and clues that you picked up? Yeah, I mean, I tried to pick up as many as I could because I, you know, you got to explore to find all the things. But I still felt like I missed something. Whereas in this game, in Rise of the Tomb Raider, I definitely don't because there are flashbacks to her relationship with her father, and there are there is like an intro to the game where we are introduced to Anna and we're introduced to why she wants to go on this expedition and all that. And I I get a better sense of who Lara is as a character when the game starts than I did in the first one. Excellent. And that's my that's kind of my my biggest my my, my big, the biggest success of this game. I really enjoy playing him, uh, this one specifically. 
I watched some movies. I didn't do a whole lot of movie watching or TV watching. Um, I watched the movie called He's Just Not That Into You. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah? This is this movie was so bad, it ruined my whole night, and I just went to bed feeling depressed. Wow. Um, I guess you're just not into it. it. It's just, it's got such a good cast, but none of the story... Jennifer Goodwin's story and Justin Long's story I do I do enjoy, but everyone else can just go to hell. Uh, I, apology, folks. Oh no, I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Screw that movie. I hate that movie. We were trying. We were trying to buy time to watch Wandavision, and it just came just after the movie. I was just like, I'm. That was just a bad time. I don't want to watch Wandavision now. Oh, um, like that South Park meme. You're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, but before that, I watched Logan Lucky, which is a, a Steven Soderbergh, right? Steven yep. Sondheim. Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> um, uh, Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, um, uh, Daniel Craig. Really great. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. It's a heist movie. Uh, really fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. NASCAR. Seth MacFarlane and, and um, Sebastian Stan are in that one. Um, then I watched... Then I decided that, hey, after I watched WandaVision, which is the first piece of MCU content I have seen in over a year, because uh, as I mentioned to you guys the other day, uh, well, yesterday when we recorded uh, Fickner's Watch, I, after Spider-Man Far From Home, I decided I wasn't going to watch another Marvel film because I was so fatigued until Black Widow came out. I was like, by the time Black Widow comes out, I'll probably be fine. Well, as you know, a pandemic hit and Black Widow still isn't out. <laughs> so I just kept I just kept waiting and waiting, and then WandaVision came out, so I watched WandaVision, and I was like, oh, yeah, I miss these guys. I feel refreshed. I feel energized. I want to watch a Marvel movie again. So I watched Age of Ultron, uh, and I had a really good time. I think that movie is a blast. I'm glad to be back in the MCU, feeling refreshed and energized. Like a battery, like Vision himself. Yeah. I'm still struggling to get through Young Justice Season 3 and Legion Season 3, um, just kind of trudging along there i don't know why i'm struggling with legion maybe it's just not working for me this season yeah i saw you post about young justice and it kind of bummed me <sighs> out because i remember hardcore campaigns for them to bring back young justice after season two got canceled and then yes. here when it came it was like hey young justice is back. It's like yes it's gonna be only on dc universe i can live with that but at least it's back and then yeah. it's like hey the animation quality sucks it's like no nah, don't oh, say that don't say that <laughs> No, no, no. I just other people saying that. I see. Here's my thing about Young Justice season three. The beginning is super boring, and I don't give a shit. Um, the show, the show, and, and the biggest detractor of the show, however, is its animation budget. It yeah, definitely has the animation quality isn't good. No, I didn't say that either. I just said they're cutting corners uh, to save on the animation budget, which isn't necessarily a problem. But the way they do it to su- to sustain a 26 episode season for streaming. Uh, that season, if you didn't have the animation budget like you had when we were on Cartoon Network, if you are going to have a less animation budget and you still want 26 episodes, I'm sorry, condense. Do 13. Really make the most of that out of that budget. Um, and the, the and that so whenever they whenever they cut corners, it is just so painfully obvious and and it's kind of cringeworthy and that sucks. That's a detractor uh, that I just can't get get by. However, the animation look this good animation designs it still looks like Young Justice, just a little bit more stiff. Is it on uh, HBO Max right now or no? Yeah, that's why I'm. That's how I, I'm watching it on, H, on HBO Max. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of a shame. I do. I do know from people just talking about it. It picks up in the later half of the season, so I'm just trying to you know, trying to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the beginning is is not clicking with me. There's so many bad accents in this one too. Just can't get over bad accents, guys. Oh no. Um, watching anything as, anything as bad as uh, Ray from Lego? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm. I, so so there are two characters that are. Um, obviously they don't have an all-star voice cast outside of the Justice League who returns uh, Bruce Greenwood um, Sandra Oh as Wonder Woman um, mo- most everyone returns Tim Curry does not return um, so they have uh, James Ronald Taylor do that voice um, Godfrey, Gil- not Gilbert Godfrey um, the Apocalypse Godfrey dude, I forgot his name I know who you're talking about Yeah, um, he, he replaces Tim Curry so obviously they can't get a lot of voice actors so a lot of people are playing double duty um, triple duty, quadruple duty Crispin Glover who plays three Arsenals uh, three Roy three um, Roy um, Roy Harpers which was, I had to I had to go back and watch an old episode of, of Young Justice season 2 to realize why that was because I completely forgot that subplot that there are three clones of him Oh um, and he plays all three of them and he's that that's fine, but he does a bad accent in the, and he does a bad foreign accent of a country that doesn't actually exist. So it's a fake accent, uh, just on top of it being a bad accent. And so he's really bad at, at that accent. And then there's another girl, a new girl, Halo, who's a new part of the team. And she has a terrible accent, which is trying to be the same accent as Crispin Glover's bad accent. It just doesn't, it's, it's bad. It's bad. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll keep going and let you guys know if it, if it picks up because I, I do think it should. I like Young Justice season one and two a lot. So, yes, yeah, so do I. Mm-hmm. Um, I read comics, Homesick Pilots uh, issue two came out. That book is awesome. It's one of the coolest imageries I've seen uh, in a comic book in a while. Immortal Hulk, that's great. You should I pick think- up more more uh, uh, vault books if you like Homesick Pilots, then, because uh, every single one of them is like that. Well, Homesick Pilots is Image, not Vault. Uh, you know what I mean. All <laughs> those, just buy more indie books. That's all I want. Uh, I did. I did sadly. I, I buy a ton of indie books. I did sadly drop Giga though. I, it wasn't connecting with me, and I I just uh, needed to cut some cut some space. Sure. Um, I'll talk about more about comics I didn't like uh, after this. Guardians of the Galaxy. I caught up on Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. I was six issues behind that book. Finally, that book is awesome. Yeah. Look, before I go into future state, I'll talk a little bit about why I've been so hesitant to read comics. I look, I'm going through some shit when it comes to my comic reading habits um, uh, 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 that I just are having a hard time getting over. Um, it's really affecting my mental stability uh, when it comes to specifically how much I like comics and how much I want to keep reading them. Um, but I'm pushing myself to kind of get past it and start reading more comics. And, and so you're going to hear me talk a lot about how far behind I am on comics. Cause the, I am months behind on all my comics. Um, so I read all the, I read the four future state titles that, that I picked up this week. I only picked up dark detective, teen Titans, justice league. And, Oh, what was the fourth one? Green lantern. Green Lantern, thank you. I really, I want to talk about, I really like Dark Detective. I think both those stories, it's two stories. uh, One by the creative team that's taking over Detective Comics, uh, Marika uh, Tamaki and uh, Dan Mora. Great. Excellent book. Uh, Art's great. But I was really blown away by the second story in that book, which was a grifter story. Um, I don't care about grifter. Matthew Rosenberg. Yeah, I don't give a shit about grifter. I I couldn't care less about grifter. He's he's an old Vertigo character. he showed up in in future future's end before that he had his own book and 
when they tried to do uh, the Vertigo books in New 52. Um, but Matthew Rosenberg wrote it, and that book is uh, incredible. And and it, and it goes to what I what I'm really going to talk about, which is look, I get it. The internet hates that I uh, that I like Kingdom Black and uh, Doomsday Clock and Death Metal and whatever. I can name all these books that I like. Three Jokers. Who cares? Uh, to varying degrees. I'm not saying I love these books. I'm worshiping at the altar of them, but I like them. I enjoyed them. My biggest issue with DC is that this week we're going to talk about ten new Batman books that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Holy hell! You just you just created a really great grifter run. Right there, Matthew Rosenberg. Give Matthew Rosenberg 20 issues, 10 issues. I don't give a shit. Issues of Grifter. I would read that in a heartbeat. The problem is Grifter doesn't sell, so he's going to be a backup. He's not even going to be a backup. This is it. That's it. There's no more Grifter books from Matthew Rosenberg. Matthew Rosenberg. He's not like doing like a backup or anything? No. Oh. Not just one. That was it? Well, his, I mean, he's got more future state. There's more future state grifter, but there's no more, there's no like modern grifter book. Look, I talked about it a lot last week. I talked about a lot, uh, I talked about it a bit last week. DC is not willing to do a book like Marvel is. Marvel is willing to take a chance on whatever book they want. You want a horror Hulk book? Do it. I don't care. Now we're almost at 50 issues of that, of the Immortal Hulk. I think, uh, I do agree. I think Steve Orlando's Martian Manhunter was pretty cool. And I think Jimmy yeah. Olsen is still the funniest book and the weirdest book DC's ever made. And nobody's read that book. Yeah, sure. and, but they're only 12 issues. They're only willing to give these things 12 issues. Because I'd rather get 12 issues than none at all because they know it won't sell. But see, I'm, what I'm talking about is I want DC to take the damn chance. Oh, yeah. That's what, this, that's what Future State is, and that's all. this is all we're getting for a lot of it, unfortunately. That's And that's, and that's the frustrating thing is how much yeah. I loved Grifter. I really liked that Grifter book. And yeah. I would even go so far as to say... Uh, look, I'll, I'll say I'll say till I'm blue in the face that I liked all the bad books that everybody hates. But I will say I'll, I will scream to the hill, to the mountains that Grifter was good, and almost That's great. Not, Probably one of the best most, things DC's put out in years. Most people are saying that about that book. That Grifter is somehow really dope. You know why? Because people don't have an association with Grifter, so you can do whatever you want with the character, and when it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah. When you put in the when you put in the the effort, and the thing yeah. is, DC's not willing to put in the, the damn effort. But yeah. um, that's the best thing I wrote. Dark, uh, that's the best thing I read. Dark Detective. That was a highlight. I think it's the so far one of the best of the Future State line. Talked a bit about it last week about some of the other books. I did not like Green Lantern, and that was a shame because I was looking forward to that. I liked I like Green Lantern, the Green Lantern franchise a lot. Um, the guy who's writing the John Stewart book is getting the ongoing, and I'm a little disappointed that I didn't like it because I would like to read a Green Lantern ongoing. Um, but he's bringing in Teen Lantern, and I really don't like that character, so I don't know yeah we'll see um but I, d- I wasn't crazy about about the future state offerings on that one there's three stories a uh, guy gardner a john stewart and a jessica cruz i thought the jessica cruz one was pretty good but i don't have an association with that character so um i also picked up what was the third one i said <laughs> green lantern teen titans dark detective uh oh. justice justice looks great Joshua Williamson, Ram V does the backup, uh, just te- uh, do, do about 10, 20 pages each. Um, Joshua Williamson did, uh, does the Justice League story with a new team of Justice League heroes, the the next generation of Justice League heroes, John Kent, Yara Flora, Joe, I forget her last name for Far Sector. Um, that book's great. I really like that. I'm really I'm really upset that Joshua Williamson isn't taking over the, the Justice League book. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, Ram- I'm not... 
I'm not surprised since I feel like Joshua Williamson's flash run is going to go down as one of like the weird lost underrated gems from so the too. time period in DC comics when he did that run. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and when that run ended, I heard a lot of people praising it as being like one of the most consistent titles DC put out. I didn't get through all of it, but what I read, I really, really liked and I want to yeah. go back to it. Me too. Um, so that, that, that's, that's really good. Ram V is taking, is continuing his justice league dark story from, he was doing the ongoing. Now he'll be doing the backups in justice league. And that's a shame. Cause that book was really great. I just uh, listened to an interview with Ram V about this. Um, and he's not sad about it. Um, because one, uh, it's either this or the book gets canceled. So he'd rather write it than not write it. And two, the format that he's doing, um, it's a creative challenge for him that he really likes because he has to tell the same amount of story in half the pages. So he gets to write at a cleaner crisp and gets to include more big, big bombastic stuff. And because he's now a backup, he's not a main book. He told them, you get to let me do whatever I want in this book. And they said, yes. So this is going to be in a better Justice League dark book than he was writing before. Unfortunately, it's not a solo title, which sucks. I, I, I love everything you just said. I adore it. I'm all, I'm yeah. all on board. I am yeah. not paying five ninety nine for Brian for Brian Michael Bendis's Justice League book. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm hundred percent with you, and it bums me out because like Ram V is like Ram V is so positive. He's like, dude, I'm happy to write literally anything they'll pay me. So like, it's hard for me to to be like, I get why people are mad, uh, but from a writing standpoint, like it's it's I get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't want to have to buy this. I don't want to have to buy Justice League to read Justice League Dark. That's I that's the the biggest hurdle with like what's going on with DC right now is like having to spend more money to get half of a product that you want. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's bad. Um, and then I read Teen Titans and that was garbage. Um, that I, I, I just, I find that to be the, by far the worst of the future state line uh, that I've read so far. It's the first appearance of Red X. Whoop de freaking do. I don't care. Um, no, everything about it was bad. It's badly written, bad story. Don't care. That's that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's a shame because I, you know, really look forward to some of some of those future state books. For sure. Uh, well, yeah, that's all I got. Let's talk more about future state next week, I guess. Now I know what not to pick up. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a shame that I didn't like uh, some of these books because, you know, oh well. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna try something here. Uh, so we're going to go into our bread and butter. I'm gonna, if this works, we're, this is probably going to be what we do from now on. Uh, so, hey, live show guys, you got a theme. You got a theme song. Here we go, bread and butter. It's it's so quick and easy. So Does that work? Yeah. 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 Thanks to Jeremy Belucci for the music uh, pieces for that. I was expecting like 30 more seconds. <laughs> that is uh, for those that don't know. That's Zara's image for the bread and butter. Bread yep. and butter. Uh, that that is indeed okay. Last week we didn't talk about this because we talked about a lot of people who passed away, and I forgot one, uh, and I feel bad about that because I was I was pretty devastated by this. Don Wells, who played Marianne on Gilligan's Island, most God, okay. I thought I thought we just like I missed you saying it or something, and I'm like, oh, no. that's weird. Okay, I forgot Go it. And I, and I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I am I am sad about it. Yes, Marianne from Gilligan's Island has passed passed away uh, while we were off uh, while we were off uh, at the age of eighty two due to complications from COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah, that is a shame. How old? How old? Eighty two. Yeah, I really, I really love Gilligan's Island. Marianne was like one of my first crushes. So, yeah. Okay. Rest in peace. Rest in power. All right, we got a Ray Fisher update, guys. 
And no, I'm not going to read his whole thing. No, it's. I read it. I read it too. It was good. But we don't need to read it on air. Yeah, we don't have time. I read it. too. I read it. It is in the link in the description. Is linked in the description below for anybody who hasn't read it and would like to. Um, it, it is from his tweet. He put up a thing. Anyway, uh, so he so he, basically the statement said that he was fired from Flash, oh. uh, the, the Flashpoint, Flash, whatever they want to call it. Uh, but he is no longer a part of that movie. Um, talked about how it was more than a cameo, and and they didn't tell him. And uh, yeah, so there you go. What do we think about that? Um, I I think that his commitment to this is going to help him a lot going forward for people to lend uh, an ear to him on this, that, that it speaks a lot more credibility that he is actively walking away from, from money um, for an actor who, again, this is nothing personal. I just, I, I don't think he's incredibly talented. I don't think he has a lot of offers on the table right now beyond cyborg um, uh, that can change. Uh, hopefully for him, it will, but um for him to be walking away from all that so does speak a lot. So he's doing that in the, in the right way, I think. Um, he also tweeted out a, an audio recording from the interview, which uh, is mostly the interviewer praising him. And I'm like, that's, that's just a, like, I get what you're going for, but it's a weird section to put out. Uh, <laughs> it, just, it just sounded like, like speaking, frankly, I'm on Ray Fisher's side, but like it sounded frankly like the guy blowing smoke up for Ray Fisher's ass. And I just I was like, I don't think that's the part I would have gone for. Mm -hmm. And I, I still stand by that. I'm like, I wish that he'd stop. I thought the statement, the two page statement was a really good, good thing for him to put out. I think the audio recording, I'm like, I would have just stayed away from that until you can really publicly speak about specifically what you're talking about, because you're still we're still being left in the vague in the dark and having to, you know, like parse out what we can from what you've said is going on you know i didn't um, see that audio thing. and and all this uh yeah he shared it over on his uh instagram oh, okay. um and uh and it, and it is just this section you can see like a text section that's just uh you know the interviewer saying like you know you've been you've been a real stand-up guy like you've stuck to your guns and said all these really you've been a gentleman you said all these nice things and i'm like it's, it's nice it's going down his it's pants like, it's, right nice before the, it's nice that the interviewer said it but i'm like it's not it's not providing the public a lot yeah um yeah. It's, it's just you kind of making yourself seem you know, like a good person. Like, like, it's kind of narcissistic in a way. Yeah, I mean, I feel. I, like, I, I mean, I feel I, like putting out that uh um that audio clip is like, hey, everyone, I'll look at here this uh interviewer who is praising me for what I did. I, of course, I'm in the right. I'm the good guy. It's like, uh, yeah. So, so I definitely, I definitely think Ray Fisher can <laughs> have been treated mistreated and mm -hmm. be actively speaking about it and all of that be a good thing and also at the same time be a narcissist absolutely. All, all of those things can absolutely be true i mean I he's an believe, actor <laughs> and i do believe that ray fisher is a pretty big narcissist but uh just from the way all this has spilled out um this this kind of harkens back to like earlier when we talked about like the the comments about the way that joss whedon was mistreating him the kind of the only nugget we really got was about like this changing people's color and post-production color correction i'm like that just that's just outlandish. Like I, I have a really hard time swallowing that one considering like it's it, again, like it's not jo like Joss Whedon gets to go into the editing room by himself and change the color palette. That's not how it works. So it's, it's very hard to take that kind of note in and think, yeah, that's what happens. Um, so I'm itching for him to be able to give us a more clear picture of what's going on. And the statement was good, but that audio recording was kind of like a step backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
last week we talked about how he said he'll never work with Walter Almada again. Um, he will never work with a with a, on a DC film with Walter Almada. Apparently, that's why he was fired from the Flash because Warner Brothers heard, saw that statement like, "Okay, we're going to write you out of the Flash," which that, is which is what we all yeah. all expected. Uh, in the in the statement, it kind of feels like he's he's kind of playing it both ways, where he's like, "Well, they fired me." Uh, so it's on them. Yeah. I also will not work with Walter Hamada. And I'm like, well, I mean, you kind of, in a way, are saying you're not going to do the film. Yeah. That, like, that, that is also, again, like, yeah, furthering on that statement, like now with this, like, press release or whatever, like, like I'm, I refuse to work in any Warner Brothers media except the one that I was just about to do. I'm like, that just seems like you're trying to fight for something, maybe word it differently. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, that's kind of weird. He yeah, essentially shot himself in the foot. Yeah. I just I just like the the way that he spun it to say, like, I've officially been fired when I'm like, bro, like a week and a half ago, you, you quit. Basi- you basically quit. It's like I, you, you're fired. No, you I publicly, quit. You publicly said you wouldn't work on a film while yeah. Walter Hamada was there. That's you quitting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and so uh Anne Sarnoff uh kind of shot back this week. Uh, she she is the CEO of Warner Media. Um she did release release a couple of statements. Um about the about the um, investigation, uh, saying I believe in Walter Amada and that he did not impede on or interfere in the investigation. Furthermore, I have full confidence in the investigation's process and findings. Walter is a well-respected leader known by his collaborators. Anyway, so talking about how excited she is working for Walter Amada. Then she put out another statement about the Flash, um, kind of the same day from a different uh, news outlet. And she said, last summer, Mr. Fisher was offered the opportunity to reprise his role as Cyborg in The Flash. Given his statement that he will not participate in any film associated with Mr. Hamada, uh, our production is now moving on. Warner, Warner Bros. remains in business with Jeff Johns, who continues to produce Stargirl, Batwoman, Doom Patrol, Superman and Lois, and Titans for the studio, among other projects. So. Yeah, and so that remains kind of the thing, is that uh, Ray Fisher's really sticking to his guns about some things, and I'm like... Warner Brothers has not come down hard on Jeff Johns, so they must have a lot of reason to think that they're either not going to get caught in any further bullshit uh, in protecting Johns, or that it's there's nothing there to, to yeah. be processed. It, so it's really, and there's a lot of eyes on it. So I'm like, I have a, I I'm not saying you know, like I I really want to believe that Ray Fisher is in the right. I I in the investigation could have just not turned up the shit that we that it should have. That can also have happened. Ryan, what were you going to say? I don't remember. Oh. Uh, yeah, I just, I, uh, I just, you, you want to believe that Warner Brothers would do the right thing after a certain point. So if Jeff Johns did do oh, yeah, okay. these wrong things, you want them to have it's, taken it, the action. It seems like also like in that, in like the, the, the release that he put, like that Joss Whedon was like, he's the one who kind of got like the, the, the most of the blame. Cause like he got taken off a project or whatever. And like, yeah, yeah. whether that's because of this remains to be seen or whatever, but it seems like maybe Jeff Johns wasn't his fault. Maybe Joss Whedon was the big bad boy. Right. And he's the one who got, who got the shaft, but that's or, not official. Opinion on but it, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or I mean, what what could have happened was that Joss Whedon was engaging in the abusive behavior, um, and Jeff Johns wasn't being super racist and super abusive, like like Ray Fisher said. Maybe. Yeah, but I, look, again, what we know, like, what we know for sure though, is that the Justice League film set was obviously not a good place to be. Yeah. Right. Um. That's that's pretty clear. Uh. It it does like. I'm hoping at some point somehow we're able to get more specifics from the accusations from yeah. other people's accounts 
I'd love to hear Jason Momoa be specific. Yeah, he would play behind them. When he gets an opportunity, I I don't think Jason Momoa would throw his hat in the ring without reason. Yeah. Uh, Just to, like, look like a good guy. I don't think Momoa would do that. I think he has a reason, so I'd love to know it. Um, Because at a certain point, like, it's gone on long enough where it's like, yes, this shit should be dragged out into the open. Because if, if what Ray Fisher is saying is true, and if the others are aware of it, they should be speaking up. Because from Ray Fisher's perspective, if all that holds water... Jeff Johns and Walter Armada are getting away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> no, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Okay. Find out more next week. Uh, well, real quickly, one last thing. Fisher said in that interview that, that Sparks talked about is that he'd absolutely return for Justice League 2 if Zack Snyder called. I mean, that's, yeah. That but only sense. if Walter Hamada is not involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, if Hamada's not going anywhere, what are you going to do? He's going to, he's going to, he's going to uh, fund it himself entirely. He wants, he wants to take a trip back to the cul de sac. There you go. Okay. Guys, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is back. WandaVision has aired. And as with every Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, project, Kevin Feige uh, emerges from his cave to do an interview. Interviews? It's not, it's really not a cave. We shouldn't call it a cave like that, the way that we conceptualize, like, um, uh, that, that, oh, God, never mind. Michael Bublé emerging from his yeah, yeah, yeah. at holiday time. <laughs> what it is is that Kevin Feige gets to come out of the, the secret bunker where, they're where everything is being planned and he gets to be like, all right, all right, everybody calm down. The fervor is high. <laughs> Let me just give you some tastes and then I need to go back to planning your futures. <laughs> it, it really is like after, after the Marvel Cinematic Universe got so big, he stopped giving interviews until the things were coming out. Yeah, Too many questions, yeah um well anyway so he had an interview and i've got some some nuggets from the from the interviews um he says on the new marvel shows um he says that some of the that some of these built were built for with multiple seasons in mind which we had speculated that things like hawkeye or falcon winter soldier could continue past the first season um he didn't say specifically which ones wanting to keep that a secret um but when pressured wandavision season two is doctor strange and the multiverse of madness so Kind of what right. it seems like. Wand- WandaVision, I have a hard time seeing a second season for. It's one of those where I feel like that's a one and done. Yeah. Uh, just, just like specifically with that show, I can totally see WandaVision doing something somewhere else. But like that show, I think is is a one and done. Um, it does make sense that there are things with how many things have been named that some of them are going to be multi season things, uh, like Moon Knight down the way. Um, probably yeah. not just a one season of Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that they're all built to be about uh, to be about six hours, so yeah. uh, nine or ten half hour episodes or six hour long episodes. Okay, cool. With me, uh, which we we know now that She Hulk is a, is about ten half hour episodes, and uh, Hawkeye and Falcon Winter Soldier are six hour long episodes. Okay, love From it. Um, he was pressured once again on the X Men. Um, he was not. He was uh, tight-lipped on the X Men specifically retur- uh, coming into the MCU. He did talk about how, like, look, anything we set up can be anything, uh, which is a very diplomatic response for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he did mention that Deadpool three will be rated R and set in the MCU, which is just you want your Deadpool trilogy rewatch. That is something special. God. <laughs> The thing about Deadpool is, like, they're going to make all the jokes about about the Vergers, about Fox, about, like, mm-hmm. is it feature 13 or R? What can we get away with? Like, that's going to be cool. That's going to be, be fun. 
He's yeah. just he, there's literally going to be a joke where he does something R-rated. He's going to be like, "Take that, Disney!" Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and you're and you're kind of like, I don't. How is this happening? <laughs> oh, okay. I know they don't film at Disneyland, but at least maybe like get a green screen of him like going to like well, Disneyland or something with a Mickey. Mouse. What's also really funny is that years ago, Kevin Feige said there will never be an R-rated movie. He said that. That's a direct quote. There will yeah, never be did. an R-rated movie in the MCU. He had to be like pulled by his fingernails to make Deadpool. <laughs> well, the thing is like once once Deadpool, because when he said that, Deadpool wasn't joining the MCU. Yeah. Right. But now it's like, well, we can't have Deadpool come over and, and make him not R now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Although I still hold a uh, PG-13 Deadpool film could work. It, it it could it's just now that we have the rated r it's like i think yeah. i think more than anything what it is is that him being in the mcu means he'll appear in other things and when he appears in other things he can be pg-13 there he'll get ex- but because he's been yeah. established in his r rating let him be his r rating on his own yeah yeah, yeah. um it was it was uh, talked he talked a bit about secret invasion uh which is the nick fury ben mendelson show coming up um, it's going to be a much smaller scale than the comic is what he confirmed. Uh, okay. they were more, they were more interested in doing the espionage aspect. So we're not going to see like an end game size cast. Um, he said that specifically to mention, to kind of give the, to give people watching that will probably be some cameos from established Marvel heroes. Yeah. I, yeah, I imagine, yeah, Secret Invasion will be, it will be that event just on an incredibly small scale. It's going to be like a mystery of like, yeah. who do you trust? And like, who's a good guy? Who's a bad guy? Like, that's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to like really focus in on the relationship between uh, Fury and Talos. I kind of like that idea. I like that. No, I don't, not kind of. I really like that idea a whole lot. I'm just, I'm just happy to see Fury continue to get fleshed out. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, and then the Netflix heroes were brought up as they, as always, whenever we can get one of these little Kevin Feige nuggets. Um, he talked about, obviously he was diplomatic once again, and that no, not, not confirming, not denying. Um, he, he talked about, uh, 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 how they, how they, you know, down the line, anybody can show up anywhere. Anything's he, he possible. Made his, he made his most progressive statement yet, which is they are on the board. Yeah. Which yeah. means that, like, they, they are actively discussing them in one format or another, which I don't take to mean, like, necessarily those Netflix characters are all coming back, those actors are all coming back. That's not what it means. But what it does mean is that they know they have those characters. Those characters are being on the board and considered for things. And then it's being considered, is it the Netflix interpretations? Are we bringing those people back? What's going on? Yeah. Which isn't surprising. They, they can't, they don't, those are a lot of good properties they don't want to just leave sitting around. Yeah. Um. This was followed by rumors, well, not followed, this preceded um, rumors that, uh, uh, that's the same thing. Yes. Rumors Rumors prior to this came out that Charlie Cox had finished filming Spider-Man 3 and that Jessica Jones was being considered for She-Hulk. <sighs> you can't do this to me. <laughs> You're good. Um, Look, uh, they're rumors, they're rumors, yeah. anything could be anything. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige knew what the week had been like when he did the... Uh, the Disney investors day. And he made the cheeky comment about she Hulk being a lawyer in the Marvel universe. So you never know who could show up. He knew exactly what he was doing when he said that. Um, I, I have a very hard time believing that Charlie Cox coming back as daredevil. Isn't true at this point of all the characters like him, at least him, because the bottom line is uh, this goes back to the, the wonderful thing that Ben Affleck said about Kevin Feige this week is that he is the one man in Hollywood who 100% knows what the audience wants. The audience wants the Netflix daredevil back. (laughs) They want him. Uh, Kevin Feige's not just going to ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, go ahead, Ben. No, I was gonna say how awesome it'd be that if Charlie Cox became a mainstay on She-Hulk since uh, Nelson and Murdoch went belly up in season three of. It did go belly up, right? Am I remembering it correctly? In spoilers. Well, I'm remembering it, that. That happened. That happened in season two. Season two, right? And they're in, back in season three. In season three, they're back together. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I mean, he could also be. Private, well, and also, private. and also, Ben, like, if you are following, if you are believing in the MCU timeline, that is years seven ago. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> we are 2023 now. Like, who knows? Maybe she, maybe Jessica Walters uh, hires uh, Nelson Murdoch to help him out for something. Well, I don't know. He's a better lawyer than Matt. She doesn't need him. Obviously, the rumors are that that Charlie Cox will show up as uh, Peter Parker's lawyer in uh, Spider-Man Three, um, and then the Kristen Ritter rumors um, for She-Hulk are very fascinating because uh, uh, that's an interesting place for for Jessica Jones to show up. Yep. Okay, but Kevin Feige wasn't the only bit of Marvel Cinematic Universe news that came in came out. Um, Ethan Hawke has apparently been cast in Moon Knight. Hell yeah, baby. He well, finally watched the superhero movie. He's like, you know what? Now they're for me. Um, it's not rules. I like that guy a lot. Um, the internet's trying to figure out like who the hell would he be? I'm gonna push back and say he didn't no, watch a superhero movie. He watched Logan. HBO's. He no, he watched HBO's Watchmen, and he went, I could do a superhero show. Okay, it's true. Yeah, he's like, is that what this is about? Um, he, uh, I always like charismatic good guys playing bad guys. Yeah. Um, there's like there's there's Bushmaster who's like a mercenary guy. There's Count Nefaria. Uh, there's like a bunch of Moon Knight villains he could be. He could also just be a businessman, but that seems boring to me. Um, maybe he's not... a, maybe he's Darian Ag- Agor. Maybe he's a Minotaur man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, he's cool though. And like again, Moon Knight's filming soon. I can't. That's I can't believe that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Lucasfilm uh, was in the news. Uh, oh. Lucasfilm. Sorry, one last thing. Uh, it's just a fun Kevin Feige thing to think about. He he was asked how far ahead is the MCU plan, and I thought his answer was just was just super cool to mm-hmm. know. Which he said it's about five or six years past what's been announced. So the yeah. furthest thing out that's been announced, it's five to six years past that. There's well, a there's a, a there's like a dartboard behind like seven sealed glass doors. You need seven different keys, and that's the real timeline. But only Kevin sees it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, in that, it's in that bunker that he's in all yeah. year long. Um, he talked a bit about uh, 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 the um, shoot. You talked about the MCU about Time the timeline. Line. Oh, we remember. Remember, we speculated like what did uh, what did uh, uh, Phase Four? What he announced wasn't the end of Phase Four. So how long could Phase Four go? And he said like. It was asked point blank, do you, will you tell us when phase four ends? And he's like, no. <laughs> You'll know when you know. I mean, yeah, you don't get to know this time. You don't get to know you, this time. Next time. You would, you would think that phase four would end with the Fantastic Four, but maybe not. Well, he said that we will get another Avengers film eventually. So perhaps the phase four won't end until we get that Avengers film. Could be Young Avengers, could be Avengers. Who knows? It's, it's, a, wild, it's a wild time, but I just think it's crazy to think they are planning up to practically 2030 at this point. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. 10 years of this. Oh my God. Lucasfilm was in the news. Look, I normally don't say, I normally don't give us news from Twitter accounts called Star Wars stuff. Um, but this something interesting happened this week. Uh, they've talked about a lot about how the Rebels sequel show, the animated Rebels sequel show that we heard about years ago, was in fact a thing until it was canned in favor of the Ahsoka live action show. 
So John Favreau convinced them to do in the live action. So that Rebel sequel show was not happening anymore. Um, and John Favreau is going to bring in Thrawn and John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Thrawn, Sabine um, into the Ahsoka show, and it's going to be the hunt for Ezra. What we what we speculated essentially. Um, on the Sabine tweet saying like Sabine is going to be in Ahsoka. Um, uh, what's her name? Rosaria Dawson. Uh, uh, liked that tweet, which put the internet all in a tizzy. Of course, all it takes is a liked tweet to confirm every character is coming. To right. That's how the internet works. Uh, I just I wanted to bring it up because if this is true, look, it's cool that we're getting the the sequel, the kind of like spiritual sequel to Rebels. Um, it's a shame that it can't be in in animation though. Like animation is not an inferior product. Uh, no, be just as it's good. A cheap, it's a cheaper product in ways too. If you if you do it right. Um, what's his name? Zeb. What's is that the guy's name? Zeb, the big alien man. Yeah, yeah Zeb. He better show up. I want him back too. Rex is rumored. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rex was rumored for Mandalorian season two, and that didn't Rex happen. Has been rumored for everything. And like Cody is rumored for Obi Wan now. So like tomorrow, Morrison was like, "Am I in all these shows?" <laughs> the lizard that got killed in episode three rumored to return in Obi Wan. Like, <laughs> who isn't coming back? <laughs> it's just like a a a, like a a ship just lands in front of him on Tatooine. <laughs> the lizard comes running out of it. <laughs> My <laughs> old friend. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, old friend. <laughs> God. Anyway. Right before it gets there, Qui-Gon's like, I've summoned a friend through the Force. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. An old friend of yours. I think you'll know him well. <laughs> and, and the person driving it is um, Hondo. Oh, yeah. And me! Oh, God. <laughs> gotta happen now. <laughs> Uh, uh, I was there's a tweet that I saw a little while ago. It's like, imagine if Moss Eisley in Moss Eisley they go looking for a scoundrel and it's not Han Solo, it's Hondo. And so, just imagine Alec Guinness, like, I know someone, Kenobi. <laughs> and Man, Alec is like, Oh, what a different movie! That's that's a Star Wars what if. What if it was Hondo, like, accidentally gotten swapped with Han? Yeah, oh boy, that'd be good anyway. Um, okay, I just I just love the idea, like hearing hearing uh, Jim Cummings yell out Kenobi and and Ian McGregor just like, oh no, that is a robot chicken Star Wars joke. That um, is yeah. a robot chicken Star Wars joke. All right, Willow, because you know Lucasfilm doesn't just do Star Wars; they are also doing Willow, the TV series sequel. Um, John M. Chu was going to direct it, but due to uh, the pandemic pushing back the uh, the start of the series and to the fact that he's having a child. Uh, wow. He he dropped out of the show. Mm. Uh, he was going to direct the pilot, not the yeah. whole, not the whole thing. So he's dropping out of the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is no longer involved. And he released a really nice statement about how sad he is that he can't be involved in it anymore. So yeah, oh, he's directing that Snake Eyes movie. We went through his oh. IMDb the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, Step Up, from Step Up to GI Joe, what a life. Yeah, that's with um, that's with the guy I want to be Bond, um, Henry Golding. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Remember LucasArts? Yeah, yeah everybody does. They've been resurrected in ways. Uh, they were they have been resurrected with a new name. Lucasfilm Games uh, is going to be the brand that all Lucasfilm games are under. It was a funny way that this came about because both Brandon and I were like, they released one day they released a video montage of all the Star Wars games that are out. Look what we made. Their banner, yeah, and yeah. we're like, we are now Lucasfilm Games. Look forward to the future. 
And cool. I was like, cool, why'd they do that? And I then played the next day, all those games, cool. Yeah, and then the next day was the Indiana Jones. Yes. Um, that was the thing where, where, where I was like, you know, I don't know why I didn't think an Indiana Jones game would come. I, I didn't thought. think it would be their, their first game, especially by the developer who's making it, which we'll get to. Yeah, so so um, Lucasfilm, uh, Lucasfilm Games uh, was announced. EA is no longer the exclusive distributor, the exclusive designer for Star Wars games. If I, if I may... Praise Odin! Thank, uh, God. <laughs> thank goodness. Thank, uh, the second the news broke, I could swear I heard a chorus of angels scream, cry in glorious harmony the joy of thousands, nay, millions of players, knowing that the worst goddamn company voted two to work for two years in a row no longer has exclusive Star Wars rights. Thank the Lord. But they and, are still making Star Wars games. They are still making Star Wars games. They can make and Star Wars games, but it's not exclusive. It's not just that. Yes. And and while while yes, EA is a is a pretty bad company that does a lot of shitty, uh, has a lot of shitty game practices. Battlefront Two eventually did get good. Uh, Fallen Order is still a good game. Squadrons is. is a good game. So don't shit all over EA just because they now lost the license. We're just my, happy now they're not the sole people behind it. Right. My whole thing was because the reason why they were the sole. Uh, this developer was that we didn't get the same output that we had with LucasArts. LucasArts is putting yeah. out three games a year almost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but EA put out five games in 10. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they had to focus on every other annualized product first their battlefields and all of those games. Yeah. yeah. All the racing games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they are no longer the, 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 the exclusive developer, but they are still developing other games that will be announced. I'm assuming like Fallen Order 2. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fallen yeah. Order will stay with them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bet that if Battlefield, Battlefield, Battlefront Three will come, it's going to come out of that. Well, we heard rumors oh, that the that's people were, yeah. yeah. Um, Bethesda, however, announced with a little, with a nice little teaser that they are working on an Indiana Jones game. They were quick to say that this is not close to being done. So good. It's not, so Bethesda is the publisher. Machine Games, the creator of Wolfenstein, is making this game. It's not Bethesda. Okay. This is not an open world game. This is the guys who made the best zombie shooter of all time, making a game about a guy who shoots Nazis. Like it's literally, it's like, of course you gave it to those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited because, as you know, I played all the Uncharted games and playing Tomb Raider. I like adventure games. Give me, and now I get no more. Don't I don't really get an Indiana clone. Brandon, it's not that type of game. They make first person shooters. Well, I would imagine that an Indiana Jones game should be a an adventure game. You'd think the only type of game this company has ever made has been first-person shooters. But they could also branch out and make something new this time. They could, but 25 years of first-person pedigree makes it sounds like they're going to use their Nazi first-person shooter techniques to merge that into an Indiana Jones game that has... Because really what those games are more about is about characters, not even about the gameplay. Those Wolfenstein games are all about teaming up with a bunch of cool people doing cool quests and stuff, killing Nazis. So they, they hire machine games less than their gameplay for their dope character stuff, I think. Uh, we'll, we're going to play Wolfenstein one day, my guy, and you'll see those are probably the best first-person shooter ca- character stories of the of the modern era. Those games are, well, and you get to shoot Hitler. It's great. Sparks, you, you looked like you wanted to say something a little bit ago. No, I had to yawn, and I was trying to keep it in. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, now that you said that, I'm a little less interested. I'll be honest. Uh, as good as those games probably are, uh, I do really want an adventure Indiana Jones game. Yeah, so, and, we'll and, uh, and I could, uh, you know, of course, the... It, they could change, but it's just that's not always what happens. You know, they make one type of game. They're not. I, they're not going to completely switch up their things. That's how you. Mm-hmm. That's how you get a cyberpunk. Yeah, um, but we will see what this game turns out to be. Uh, but it's coming. Cool. Did you do you have the other Star Wars announcement? Yes. 
Uh, Ubisoft is developing a open world Star Wars game. That's what you. That's what. That's the one you're looking for. There's. It's not Indiana Jones, but there's your open world game. Well, I don't want an open world game. I just want an adventure game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So this one I'm a little worried about because it's not. It's not Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft Massive, and the two games they've worked on were the Division and Division Two, which are live service games like Destiny and Anthem. Um, I played the Division One. It's pretty good, and the Division Two people seem to like. But that is very much that is Destiny. So if you guys are if you guys want a Destiny Star Wars game, those it's a third person shooter open world game where you have factions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably what the game's gonna be. So like, get ready for one of those. Hopefully, I guess um, I'm good. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll see when it comes out. But well, when it comes out, but I do I have to say the memes and the the bullets that some people are sweating when it's like, hey, Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game. Everyone else is like, hey, Ubisoft, don't f- up. I mean, the, the, the reason I'm glad that it's not Ubisoft directly making it, because as the guy who plays, I've played literally every Ubisoft game the last, like, 10 years, all of their games are homogenized to a point that, like, if you play other games, you'll get bored of them real easily. Because every single game has the same type of inventory, same type of combat, same type of you climb a tower to explore the map. That's all of those games. That's every Assassin's Creed game. That's, that's all their racing games. You have to go to a point to unlock points on a map. That's even in racing games now. So wow. I'm glad it's not Ubisoft directly. That being said... I also don't want a Destiny Star Wars game, so I you, you get what you, you win some, you lose some. You know what you mean? Yeah. Well, hopefully, the Lucasfilm Games did say that they eventually wanted to get to the output that the old LucasArts did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully, it won't even matter that these two developers are developing games that we don't like, because in a couple months there will be a game that we do like. Absolutely right. This mm-hmm. is probably just tip of the iceberg for what's to come. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Real quickly, Ben Affleck is directing uh, something for Disney. Uh, ben Affleck is is going to write and direct Keeper of the Lost Cities, uh, which is an adaptation of a book, a book series. He is uh, writing it with Kate Gritman. Oh, he's it's, it's a high fantasy. I'm not going to read out the whole thing. It's a, it's like a high fantasy chosen one story. Interesting wow. choice for Ben Affleck. Okay, all right. I love it. That's yeah. a, a he's a very good director. Sometimes, yes. Uh, so I, I'm glad. You know, he's had a, a rough couple of years, like personal life. So I'd like to him get back to his dreams. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Now, this is a high budget fantasy is different than he's ever directed before, so new challenges there. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, excuse me. And then finally, Disneyland. And then finally, on the news, finally with Disney, Disneyland has canceled their annual pass pass holder program. Uh, personalities disappeared everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, uh, they basically mentioned that uh, uh, you, you know they're going to be giving refunds to everyone who's already prepaid on their on their passes, and uh, it, it makes sense. Like they can't be open. They can't make money. So yeah, and I don't, I can't, I, I don't expect a bunch of people to pay money to a place I can't go to for a year, especially with how expensive annual passes are. So like yeah. this, I get it. And sense. they did well, pause the annual passes. Okay, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but like people who had prepaid like for the year because yeah. you can, you don't have to pay in installments. They were just holding their money, and they're like, "We don't feel right about this. You should be refunded the months that you're not going to get." That's fair because you can't go right now, and you probably need it right now. So they just cancel the program across the board uh, for Disneyland, not Disney World. And they've said that they're going to be putting back in membership programs, you know, after the open reopening and everything. Yeah, probably a year or so after, so they can get a lot of revenue back by people paying regular price. Yeah, but yeah. but something like annual pass. Or literally annual pass itself, probably because they love nostalgia too. By the time they decide to invoke it, we'll come back. Yeah, it's yeah. just for the moment. Yeah, I mean, here in Cal, it sucks because I was hoping to get an annual pass again Sunday. 
and I know that Disneyland, because they straight up say in the, the OC register article where I read this, they straight up said that we, we're going to do something later on in the future. It's just as of right now, we can't open yet. Yeah. And until we can, then we'll figure something out, then we'll do something. But since the parks are still closed here in California, it, it doesn't make sense for people to, like, it doesn't make sense. Just it, go to Florida. Don't go to Florida. My, my sister-in-law got COVID because they went to Florida Disney World. Over Christmas. Also well, screw her, so, you know. I don't, I, I'm not a mean person, but I don't feel bad. <laughs> Same. Um, okay, uh, now we're on to comics. As I mentioned up top, I, I do enjoy King of Black. I am continuing to enjoy King of Black. Um, I read Return of the Valkyries, which is uh, the King of Black Valkyrie, Jane Foster tie-in. tie-in. Yeah, the tie-ins have been great. I like those. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um uh, that said, that I only said that because it leads into this. The Mighty Valkyries are returning. And a book called The Mighty Valkyries. This is Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Jane Foster. <laughs> there you go. Um, this is directly spinning off of King and Black, that series. Um, a sequel to the one that was canceled prior to COVID. Uh, but Jason Aaron and Torin uh, Gronbeck will, returning to, will be returning to write the book. With, and Mattia de uh, Luis. He, I think I put I put it in the wrong word, but yeah, Lulus, Lulus. I think that dude is is maybe like one of the most beautiful painters. I like in terms of like comic book art. That dude does something that not a lot of other people do. So like he's blowing up right now, especially with like Marvel. Um, that dude does some seriously good art. If you haven't seen this guy, like it's insane. He's like it's like Alex Ross, but but like it's like a painter. It's amazing. Yeah, so good. Uh, I think he's the artist on Return of the on Return of Valkyries. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Oh no, he does the covers. He's not. He does, okay. Yeah, he does the covers at least. Yeah, um, but th- this book will be about how Jane Foster and the new Valkyries have to shepherd the dead, uh, and they're going on a mission for Loki in the first arc. So that's neat. I'm cool. glad Jason Aaron still like he's not done with Thor. Like he's like, no, I still have more stories to tell in that universe. Like that's yeah. cool. Um, Ruby, Ben, you like Ruby? I love Ruby. Yeah, uh, Ruby is getting a crossover with Justice League so weird this okay april as a huge fan of ruby i admit this is also really weird uh written by marguerite bennett uh with art by aneka uh seven issue miniseries this one um i'll just read the solicitation for this one because yeah it's weird um the dc universe and the world of ruby collide in this new miniseries discover the bruce wayne clark kent and diana prince of remnant as Team Ruby comes face to face with new versions of DC's Paragons of Justice, mm-hmm. yeah, Remember yeah, it's weird. Yeah. What's where's the, where's the story? That just they meet up. It's essentially what if the DC characters were living on Revenant? So because I because uh, Brandon sent me a little more detailed uh, a little more detailed thing about it, like uh, Yang and uh, Ruby are gonna go meet Clark, uh, Blake is gonna go meet uh, Diana. And I can only bet that Weiss is going to meet Bruce because she's. There's oh, your before. story. They're going to meet people. Yeah. And there's also going to be some fighting of monsters. I can I can only assume. I'm probably I'm probably going to either I'm going to trade away or I'm going to pick this up. I don't know. I'll I'll wait till it comes out. Okay. As we as we knew, Jeffrey Jeffrey Thorne, the writer of the John Stewart Future State Green Lantern book, uh, will be continuing his Green Lantern run in the main title come April. Uh, what we didn't know is that Dexter Soy will be will be joining him on art. Um, the solicitation reads: 
As this new Green Lantern series begins, the newly formed United Planets and the Guardians of the Universe hold an intergalactic summit to decide who can best serve and protect the cosmos from danger. With the majority of Green Lanterns called back to Oa, Jon Stewart arrives alongside Teen Lantern Kelly Quintella, whose powerful gauntlet could be one of the most powerful and unstable weapons in the universe. With the, with the entire landscape of the universe in flux, uh, is this the end of the Green Lantern Corps or a new beginning? It's not the end, I can tell you that, because it's a number yeah. one. Uh, they also said that the Green Lantern from Far Sector will be joining uh, the series as well, when her series cool. is done. Right on. Yeah. Green Robin. Lantern. Damian yeah, Wayne. Robin. Yeah, Robin! <laughs> Damian Wayne is getting an ongoing series from Joshua Williamson uh, and Gleb Minikov. Oh, I love Gleb. He's so good. Uh, Joshua Williamson... Uh, apparently talked about this being like he pursued this like he really after flash he was like i want this he wrote a one shot of damien a decade ago in a batman superman title in like batman superman like 77 he wrote a one shot about damien he said i've been wanting to write a damien book for 10 years and it's finally happening so like <laughs> hell yeah um yeah so after learning of the deadly league of league of lazarus tournament damien wayne has a new mission winning the tournament and prove he is the greatest fighter in the dc universe but first he must find the secret island where it's all going down. This brand new solo Robin series will force Damian Wayne to find his new, his own path away from both sides of his family. New mysteries, new supporting cast, first appearance of new characters and lots of fights. It's a tournament arc guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. Tournament arc. it's the first it's arc. Of tournament tournament. Arc. I'm, buying, I'm buying this book. I really hope uh, nobody shows up. She was a really good character from uh, the last Robin series. Robin, son of Batman. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I hope that that some of the supporting cast from there show up, like Goliath and her. But yeah, excited. I love Joshua Williamson. Love Robin. Love Damian Wayne specifically. There's another Batman book, though. The Batman and Scooby Doo Mysteries is coming. Hell yeah! A 12 issue maxi series written by Ivan Cohen and Dario Brizuela. Um, it's an all new all. It's an all-new, all-ages series that teams with the Dark Knight with Scooby-Doo and the Sleuths of Mystery, Inc. When Batman discovers his original purple gloves have gone missing, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby-Doo travel back in time to Batman's year one era to solve the case. Will this glove story have a happy ending? I didn't read that before then. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i into the book. Yeah. <laughs> so it's time travel. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just saw the cover, and I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Of course, this is the comic that exists now. Like, I read the last you... time they they the Scooby Doo team up digital series teamed him up with Batman a lot. I love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is like this. This seems like something that would, like would have showed up in like the nineteen seventies. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm I'm glad this exists. It seems cute. Yeah. Uh, Scooby Doo <laughs> a lot. And I know <laughs> Sparks does as well. Yeah, that's true. Guys, do you want another Batman book? I mean, we're already here, I guess. All right. Batman the Dark Knight, written by Tom Taylor and Andy Kubert. I mean, we like Tom Taylor. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just. And it's an old man Batman story. Oh, I didn't read that part. Oh, shit. He's got your number. (laughs) Tom Taylor. (laughs) You know, I feel like that meme where where it's like that one, that, it's that one girl where she tries to kombucha, where it's it's like, do you want another Batman book? Mm, Written by Tom Taylor, old man Batman. Um, yeah, that's the thing where it's like, uh, okay, but this is a six issue miniseries, so not a whole, not a huge, oh, okay. 
deal uh, oh. coming out in April. A horrific tragedy in the United Kingdom sends a very personal and deadly message to the Dark Knight, one that will draw Batman out of Gotham City to investigate. From the moment he lands in Europe, Batman will face a difficult investigation and unheard of adversaries and find the assistance of a partner once more, all in the hunt for the villain known as Equilibrium. New villains, new allies, a thrilling overseas adventure begins for the Dark Knight. Yeah, that's actually Where cool. the old man are. Oh, that was in the article. Okay. That was in the article that they wrote about this. Like They talk about it like it's old man Bruce. It's him uh, later in years. Cool. I'm glad there is there is Batman over... Too much Batman. There's always too much Batman. At least this is only a miniseries. So like if you're into it, you can get it in and out. It's not like taking the place of another like ongoing. Yeah. Um, do, you guys, do you guys remember uh, Batman Europa? Uh, the Joker Batman team-up book? I don't know if i read it but i remember it it's four issues that wasn't bad yeah uh i think uh, knight and squire which are two of my favorite uh, yes. batman inc characters will be in this the knight squire know. oh yeah the knight yeah. squire do you want another batman book now no tom oh, taylor tom taylor old man batman sated me yeah that's uh, all i did yeah yeah all right well too bad batman the next batman will be continuing on um from oh, the future state. Okay, that's fair. That's well, that's fine. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, Batman: The Next Batman, John Ridley, uh, written by John Ridley, uh, with art by uh, Tony Atkins, Travel Foreman, and Mike Mora- Mark Morales. Sorry, um, it's going to be a four-issue miniseries. However, it will start as an as a digital first in February. Wait, hmm? this is like the big Batman books, like digital first. Yeah, that's weird. And then it will be a a, a physical book in April. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, so this is so this is the next Batman. This is continuing on Tim Fox's story from uh, Future State. Um, readers now know that after the events of Future State, Tim Fox is the next Batman. But what's his origin story? Why has he been estranged from Lucius Fox and his family for so long? Connected to the dramatic events of March's Infinite Frontier number one. These questions and more uh, and many more will be explored in this thrilling new digital first miniseries. Cool. What is what is the uh, maybe they don't have one? Is there like a main bat book? You know, hey, you like you have Batman and then you have like the Dark Knight. Like, is yeah, those are out. What was that? Yeah, they have those. No, I know, but like, what is like the main Batman book coming out? Is it the next Batman? Is that the main one? No, it, it would be Batman, it would be James Tinian's Batman. Okay, I f- sorry, I forgot that was just a regular Batman book that still existed. <laughs> sorry, because that's what I was trying to figure out. I'm like, who's like the main Batman title? I forget there's just Batman still coming out, duh. Yeah, sorry, uh, okay. Batman and Detective Comics. Uh, Don't worry. Batman will always be on I was show. worried Bruce Wayne wouldn't have a comic for a second. <laughs> there's also Nightwing and No, Batman yeah, I, and... I forgot because, like, yeah, there's, like, too many Batman books. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, it's like, god damn, even I forgot if there... I, when, first, I forgot that there's going to be a main Batman book coming out. It's like, oh, when yeah, he's writing it. When I said DC Comics should add more diversity to the line, I definitely didn't mean 50 Batman books. It's your shit. Well, they're diversifying how many people are writing Batman. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, you got us there. But I don't want. I didn't. I want these people writing other things. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Anyway. Um. So some release dates, guys. We're back. Release dates are moving again because hey, still a pandemic. Hooray! No time to die has not been delayed yet, but they're thinking it's going to be delayed until November. It's coming out in April so far. <laughs> um so that there'll be more we will have been pushed back a year and a half yep 
2019 apple uh i think apple is trying to buy it too from mgm we like, like we were like two weeks away from getting that movie we were, we were right. down. yeah you're right oh man morbius has been moved from its march place to october 8th or until i forgot about that one uh, that that actually works for me that's like a spooky movie october if theaters are open like that fits more than march or whatever or even yeah more. and then probably the 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 biggest move was that Godzilla vs. Kong has been moved up from May 21st to March 26th of this year. Cool. So trailer when? I I I think they're just dumping this movie, you guys. I'm I think scared. so too. I'm just kind of scared. I know it's not always the case with marketing. You know, some we do get trailers late sometimes, and we are in a pandemic. But this seems and, like a movie they'd want to market hard on, considering it's a huge blockbuster. And I yeah. did hear rumor that there will be a Super Bowl trailer. Not just like a 30-second snippet, an actual trailer. Hmm? They're going to do a Super Bowl this year? Yeah, NFL Super Bowl 55. They're still doing one. The, cool. no, I mean, no one's probably going to be in the stands unless... No, no, I was just... Anyway. Is, it, um, is, is that February, right? February? February, yeah. So well, they're going to wait for like a, right month or, a month or less before we get that trailer and the movie comes out. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> I, think, I think a trailer is coming next week. I do. Um, I hope you're right, Brandon. And if it doesn't, then uh, screw Warner Bros. Apparently, this does come after a lengthy discussion with Legendary Pictures uh, about this because Legendary, obviously, as we know now, did not know they were making this move and was concerned about the financial stability of all these movies, especially they want, like, since sue them or something. Well, yeah, they were going to try and sue them, especially since Netflix offered two hundred and fifty million for Godzilla vs Kong. Yeah, and HBO Max and HBO was like, "Nah, it's ours mm-hmm. for free. You get it for free." So like no money. So they must have been like, I think this is the compromise. I think this is Warner Brothers saying we're gonna drop, we're gonna get you can give us Godzilla vs Kong. We'll give you Dune. Yeah, it's just so sad to have this big monster smackdown that you've been looking forward to for a while. Yeah, that you yeah. can't go see on the big screen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're like really like there are the, of the two like Kong and Dune are really the two movies that I really want to see on the big screen. Yeah. More than yeah. anything, like I of course I want I want to see movies on the theater, but like. I, I'm fine seeing most of the things coming out soon on my TV. I, Godzilla's a big boy, you guys. He's a big, big boy. Godzilla is one that I feel should definitely be on the big screen, especially with King Kong. I yeah. mean, holy hell. That's been, I've been waiting for this one for a while. You didn't see Godzilla versus King Kong? King Kong versus mm-hmm. Godzilla? Sorry. Oh, no. I own that on VHS. Um, Has yeah. owned. I think... Uh, Oh, so angry about that movie. Um, I think that this is a this is in, indeed a shame. Yeah. Um, generally, when we start getting like behind the scenes, like oh, here's a first look, like pictures, trailers usually show up not far behind. <laughs> to be fair, so I, I do think we'll get a trailer soon. Yeah, like all the pictures were pictures that were we now know are from that sizzle reel that they released for HBO Max, which showed the the same pictures were in footage form for Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. Space Jam, yeah. uh, Matrix Four. Well, Mortal Jerry. Kombat. Mortal Kombat had a whole uh, uh, Entertainment Weekly um, article that released this, a bunch of new images. This is this is true, but about half of them were in the the footage of true. the HBO Max sizzle reel, um, and so was the, all those other titles. I think, so so I think it feels like something's got to happen. Disney spoiled me because after that investor meeting, I'm like, I always want to know what's going on now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the Warner Brothers sizzle reel now. Yo, yeah. seriously, no, that, that's... It's, just, it's just that guy from when from election night uh, who ran for like the oh, 36 God. hours. Oh, 
Pie, and they were making the comparison. So it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's that guy coming out. He's like, we don't know. <laughs> As I was going to say, <laughs> who said how, Flash? <laughs> how badass does Sub Zero look in that sizzle reel for uh, um, World Combat? I, I I can't get my hopes up too high. Mortal Kombat's my favorite fighting game franchise. I love that franchise so much. I, I can't. It, the pictures look good. That looks that look some good. It, it look, I actually I I like the logo a lot. I was kind of eh at first, but now I was like, no, I'm going on to it. Yeah, I hey, Mag. Holy crap, he's here. Oh, hi, Mag. Uh, yes, Mag says not even 40. Yes. Um. Yeah. I uh uh. uh it's a shame that I won't get to watch Godzilla vs Kong in theaters. Um, drive in. Drive in. That's not the same. No, it's, it's not, but it's, it's still bigger same. than my movie. It's not yeah, the same. Not at it, like, right, right. I will, I'd go to see Godzilla in a drive-in. I don't care. Here's um, what I'll do. I'll bring my TV downstairs, and we'll just, like, like two computer monitors, have them side-by-side, side, and it's have a big... So you just have a giant big bar? Border line in yeah. between. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, that's enough of that. Now on to Umbrella Academy. We got the cast... For the Sparrow Academy, if you uh, saw the end of Umbrella Academy Season 2, the Sparrow Academy has replaced them in the timeline. (gasps) So now we know who will play the Sparrow Academy, so we know the actor coming back for Ben. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin Cornwall will play Marcus, uh, a natural-born leader that oozes confidence and keeps the family together, who is equally as charming as he is chiseled in Colossus. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, Brittany Oldford will play Faye, who sees the world in a special way. She's typically the smartest person in the room and willing to negotiate, yet once you cross her, there's no turning back. Uh, Jake Epstein will play Alfonso, a scarred crime fighter with a caustic and biting sense of humor, who enjoys verbally berating his enemies, almost as much as he enjoys a good pizza and a six-pack of beer. Mm, I feel that. Genesis Rodriguez will play Sloan, a romantic dreamer eager to see the world beyond the Academy. Even though she feels tied down to her family, Sloan has plans of her own, and she may just act on them. Remind me who Rodriguez played again? I don't know. Sparks, do you know? I don't actually know who any of these people are. You've seen her in things. I'm not, I'm I'm sure. I I most often think of her in Tusk. She's been in other things. She's also the voice of... um, Honey Lemon in Big Hero Six. Oh, yeah, she was in she Annihilation. Mm. Oh yeah, I got Annihilation reference this week too. Good job, everyone. Uh, Kazi David will play Jamie, or Jame. Could be could be either one. Uh, a loner with a fear-inducing snarl that you'd be wise to avoid at all cost. She doesn't say much because she doesn't have to. Mm. She's like blackballed. And finally, existential dread-inducing Psychronium Cube will play Christopher, uh, a telekinetic cube that can turn the room freezing cold and induce paralyzing fear without so much of a warning. The trustworthy, loyal oracle of the Sparrows is treated as just another sibling. Interesting. Okay. And that's the cube we saw in the I like cubes. Cubes are cool. Yeah. All right, Last of Us has a oh, new director. God. That shit's happening. The new show, Last of Us, has a new director in Cantomir right. uh, Balagov. Uh, will direct the series. Yeah, uh, uh, Neil Jill, Neil Druckmann. He was like, "Yo, this dude has he does great work. I think he's gonna make our show real good." So like, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that shows that shows happening. 
You guys remember there's a Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out, right? That has Chris Pine. Hell yeah. I'm waiting right. for it. Okay. Derek Kolstag, uh, who wrote, created John Wick um, with the, Ste- with the Stahelskis, um, has been brought on to write Dungeons and Dragons, the live action TV series. Oh, are they doing a multimedia bullshit thing here? Yes. Oh, no. Just get a D&D movie out first. I thought the D&D movie, because when you said that, I was like, hold up. That's being written by Joe Manganiello. No. It's not written by, it's not being written by Joe Manganiello. Well, I thought no, was there, there was a different one he was working on with Warner Brothers. That was a while ago. Yeah. I don't oh. think it's a big one. Damn it. I don't I ever think he was writing. I think he was developing one. No, he was definitely writing one for sure. He's yeah. like he's like he's a, a campaign man. He's like he does what I do. Yeah, he's he's a, a, he's a dungeon master. He knows his shit. No, I, I know I know that, but I, I mean I'm not saying I, I I don't think he was writing the script. I think he was developing the movie with them and oh. coming up with story and things like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Derek Kolstag will be writing a Dungeons and Dragons TV series. Oh. Um, not the same project as the movie, so the movie did not turn into a TV series. Um, okay. And apparently Paramount is looking for more writers to pen uh, projects within the Dungeons and Dragons universe. So they're going to go all in. They're looking, they're looking for that next uh, Transformers didn't work out. And the, so they're looking for that next thing. The thing is, Dungeons and Dragons has been around for so long. Like the, the universe is huge. Like it is a decades long like, lore. Yeah, they can do the, it. The universe for Dungeons and Dragons is multiple universes. Yeah. It's. I mean, you've got. Well, look for more multiple Dungeons and Dragons TV shows. It, it makes more sense as a TV show because it's like episodic, like adventuring. Like, if you want to make a big, like, epic fantasy movie, sure. But like, honestly, D and D works best as like a mildly low budget sci fi show or a fantasy show. Sure. I think. Is the Critical Role animated show still be, still a thing? I have no I idea. Don't know. Yeah. Because that probably that, not. No, that's. You can look it up. I can, I can, yeah, hold up. Um, that's you fine. Um, no, yeah, okay, so Dungeons & Dragons, cool. Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, had an Entertainment Weekly article we saw. We got some new information on Mortal Kombat. Um, talking about Louis Tan, who is the new original movie uh, character for this movie. I, first, I thought, uh, when we originally talked about this, that it was just going to be some generic white guy. It's like, And it's not, so like, at you. least it, it's, a cool, it's a cool dude. Yeah, so he apparently he he talked about it. He has a birthmark of the Mortal Kombat logo, um, which leads him to Sonya Blade, who leads her, him to Raiden, and then that's how he gets in, involved with our with our favorite characters of the Mortal Kombat franchise to fight in the tournament to beat Outworld. Uh, yeah, it's like it's a very that's an interesting idea. It's like an Iron Fist thing, like he's tied to the lower mythology somehow as a new character, mm-hmm. which fine doesn't really matter. Um, but I'm just excited because like that interview talked about like this is going to be like an action ass, like balls to the wall, martial arts movie. And like, he said, so that, much the, blood. He said that the fatalities alone almost gave them an NC 17 rating. Yeah. I, I am, I am beyond excited. Uh, Cause like, you know, gore porn isn't like always fun, but like mortal Kombat was like the original, like, yo, we punching heads off you guys. And like, it'd be fun to see that sometimes. You know? I like it. Yeah. I like, I like, uh, fun, you know? uh, I am looking forward to this. I, I, I like what I saw so far. Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series has a synopsis. It's a little long. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it doesn't really say a whole lot other than it takes place thousands of years before Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And which we knew. Be, which we knew. It was, it's yeah. going to be a rollicking adventure with new characters also, and old. If if you were just going to be like, Jerathine Barangon goes from this place to this place to deliver the message, I'm like, that isn't, I don't know what any of that means. Like, yeah. So that, I'm glad you didn't read a synopsis. 
Um, yeah, it's, it talks about like there will be old characters that we know from the franchise and new characters. I'm thinking a young Gandalf. I'm going to say it can't be too many characters because half those characters would not be born yet. Yeah. Wait, would Gandalf... Did Gan- no, Gandalf's lived through all three ages. Gan- yeah. Gandalf and some elves are basically the only people who could show up. Yep. Yeah. Everyone else is a human and they don't live long. Yeah. Well, not the elf we know. Legolas can't show up. No, but, no, like, but like Elrond. Like Elrond yeah. could. And um, what's her face? Kate Blanchett. Galadriel. Ben, you, you said you were going to say something? No, I'm still trying to find stuff for... Uh, um... I'm going to say if you can't find it at this point, might want to be... Don't even I forgot what you're even looking up. Go ahead. <laughs> Critical role. Anime show. All right. Um, that's it on that news. So now we're in trailers. <gasps> T-Talk. Welcome uh, to the trailer park. Clarice. Let's start with the new trailer for Clarice. I literally don't care. Nope, neither do I. I don't either. I will say, like, it, it's not the worst looking show I've ever seen. It looks like it's trying to be Hannibal. It does look like it's trying to be Hannibal. And it doesn't have Brian Fuller's eyes, so it's failing. Yeah. And I don't care. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Interesting. Which to me, it just looked like any other procedural. No, there's definitely some shots where, like, they're trying to be artsy, yeah. clearly, in, like, the Brian Fuller Hannibal style. Um, but you're not there. If you watched it, it, I don't know how much of Hannibal you watched. Um, that's the but, first like, couple episodes. Yeah, the, it's it's definitely, there's moments where I'm like, I see what you're trying to go for, but no. Yeah. No, okay. thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay, Willie's Wonderland, Nicolas Cage's new movie. Five Nights at Freddy's, baby. Let's do it. Yes, exactly. Five Nights at Freddy's. I want this. They're also I'm making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah, I, I know. I will, I will be honest. I wish. I wish there was any inclination that Nicolas Cage was going to be like a wacky character. Sure. It's, it seems that he'll be very straight. That's fine. It's it's just not what I was expecting. Not necessarily what I wanted, but I'm sure I'll still enjoy it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that he secretly like gets just unhinged uh, and weird at some point. I basically want a third act Mandy, Mandy turnaround. I mean, I I fully expect that. I, I think we even see in the trailer he he dances around a little bit. Like yeah. I think I think he's hiding something. That's why he doesn't want to tell anyone who he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks good. No, I can't. No, I just it. like. Well, sorry, Brandon. Just said I was excited. Yeah, I just I was when I first saw it, I was like, oh god, is this gonna be a five minutes of phrase rip off? I was like, it is. But the main guy actually fights back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I like that. I like that a lot. Although you could have just done the Five Nights at Freddy's. Not the, the story in there in the first game isn't really that. That. But, you don't, that but the thing is, like, you don't you don't fight back like you die. No. Like that's. It, there's no, you, no fighting it. Yeah, no. you just survive the night. Whereas this one, he actually has a job to do. The shit out of an animatronic. Well, that's what well, I'm they, saying. I I would not be surprised if they decide if they take Five Nights at Freddy's in this in this direction. Well, because like they're building a whole lore about human sacrifices and something, yeah. something. So, looks interesting. Because I, what I like about it that I don't feel like you would have gotten with Five Nights at Freddy's is that there's like a whole town element to it. Yeah, which I'm really intrigued by. I think if you did Five Nights at Freddy's one for one, it would have just been Nicolas Cage in there alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a cage match, and I, I just don't need that for my movie. Yeah, you bastard. All I right. like the elements that the town can bring to it. Me too. Bliss, Owen Wilson's new movie. Wow. Yeah, that looks great. Yo, um, weird as hell. 
is, is it about rich people pretending to be poor to feel something? Is that what I'm getting at here? I don't, I think so. I don't I know. And like, that's just alone. It's like, that's high concept and crazy, but it's, that's what I felt it. Like these rich people are going to these so bad world. That's not what I thought it was. I think that it's uh utopia has been achieved. Yeah. And people can't appreciate it anymore. Okay. That's, so they yeah. need to go through yeah. therapy to live lives reminding them of how shitty it could have been gotcha. so not sorry not rich so people. that they can yeah. enjoy yeah but I, I don't think like it's an elitist thing i think like everybody yeah. lives a good life now yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. so and they need this to be reminded of like the experiences of trauma that makes sense yeah because that's what um i think sama hayek was saying it's like wait everything's fine what i was living through the hellhole i was living through wasn't real it's just like yeah but now that you you get to appreciate the finer things in life now but i also yeah. have a feeling the utopia is bullshit yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, because we see it in a simulation. We see it kind of falling apart. Do you remember? I, I think there's going to be some like, what's real? What's what's the real world? What's not the real world? Do you remember yeah, Awake? I mean, I, awake? I, never, I never saw it. No. Jason Isaac's Jason Isaac's show Awake. Oh, oh. Awake. I heard the wake. Awake. No. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, where yeah. he would where he would go to sleep, wake up in the world where his his son was still alive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I got. I got. I felt the same way here. Like. You know what's what's the real world? Right, what's that's, not? A very, that's a very similar one to one concept where he, co- he keeps constantly switching between a world where they died and a world where they didn't, yeah. um, and what that's doing to him. It it is very similar. I do think that like what what the concept is possibly going to be turned on its ear to be is that he's he's actually like going through a therapy thing to make him deal with trauma, to make him believe in the utopia that the mm. utopia is going to be. And and several of the other realities he sees are also fake, but one of them is real. The one probably where his kid is graduating seems to potentially be real. Yeah. Um, either way, it all looks interesting. Yeah. yeah, I like high concept stuff. They got superpowers in the in the fake world. Uh, I love them as I think that's such a great weird duo, Selma Hayek and Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, uh, Pokemon Snap. I got a trailer. Oh, we didn't watch this, but I watched it already. Did you watch it? I watched it. Uh, no, I didn't watch it. It's just a new Pokemon Snap trailer. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's great. I want to play that game. Uh, it, it looks... Hey, that, hey, you ever play Pokemon Snap? It looks like that, but better. But better, yeah. And great. a whole lot more Pokemon, too. Well, I, I better it. be. It's been just, 25 years. Just bringing up Selma Hayek reminded me that the Hitman's bodyguard's bodyguard still has to come out. The Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Whatever. Oh, I might or might not know about I that I mean, like... <laughs> It's crazy that that movie is still. I saw that away. movie like a year and a half ago, baby. <laughs> I think at this point your NDA might be just null and void. Hilarious! I might or might not have seen a sequel to a movie <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. That might not come out for another year. That was actually like a year and a half ago. Oh my god! Was it like done when you watched it? No, it was. It was like eighty percent. Like the special effects were missing. Right. Um, well, I'm sure it's hundred percent now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Zhong uh, Zhi. Oh, I didn't see this one. I think it's how it's, pronou- how it's pronounced. You didn't see this one, Ben? Oh, this I is the one you should have seen, dude. I'm not yeah, sure. You what... made a mistake. It's like, I don't know if it's Chinese mythology or It what, is Chinese. But it's it's just gorgeous. And it's like, there's so much so crazy pretty. shit going on. Uh, it's a Chinese, have it. it is a Chinese animation studio. It's a Chinese animation film. It it's about the Nine great. Tails. It's about the Nine Tail uh, myth. It looks uh, great. You should actually check this out, Ben. It looks cool. The the okay. English trailer has Chris Sabat as the, as the lead. Vegeta. Yeah. Yep. Or Piccolo, um, or All Might, or yeah. so many other things that you can think. Everyone of. Everyone from our childhood. Uh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, this looked really great. I was really happy I saw this uh, this morning and I put it on there. Yeah. Um, Cherry, Tom Holland and the Russo brothers. Wait, Cherry wasn't on the list. Sure was. was yeah, it? it was. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. I'm looking right at it. Watch it then. <laughs> Cherry is a new movie. I I just don't know if I want to see this movie. Man, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I sat there and I went. Oh, no. no, like I like oh, no. Tom Holland. I like the Russo brothers. I like drama about like dealing with PTSD and stuff. But just everything about this was just like, nah, nah. Ben just looked at our Google Drive docu- document and saw that Cherry was in fact on the list. Yep. It, it, hey Ben, you want to see Tom Holland be sad and shit? Uh, okay. Not really. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. Probably just uh, seen sad in Spider Man Three. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I. I almost because he has that repetition of like, it's like I can see what's going to happen and it's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there's like something extra to it, but I don't think there is. I I think I, I, the Bruce brothers made this movie because they were like, we want to make something that's the opposite of Endgame. Like we, we wanted to make a small movie about characters again. So I think that's just what this is. It's also based off a book. And I think the book's just about a sad guy dealing with shit. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah. I, again, like I like, I, everything, I should like everything about this, but I'm just like, yeah, it just didn't feel like anything really new. No, I've seen Jarhead that came out 16 years ago with Jake oh. Gyllenhaal. That that's that's that's. A, that's I, I mean, like uh, I was thinking of um, God, what's the guy who? What's the name of the actor from Whiplash? Oh, Miles Teller. Thank you. Uh, Miles Teller did like a PTSD military film like four or five years ago. He did. You're right. And the trailer looks so just like beat for beat, like everything you just expect from and and. I didn't get a lot of anything different from that in this one either, where I'm just kind of like, I, I know what this is. Yeah. And I, and I'm not really here for the, like, let's rehash a one-sided conversation about military PTSD in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay. Well, that'll do it for trailers. Anything else you guys want to bring up before we move into our main topic? Mm, nope. All right. So we're going to do our main topic live people. You get another, you get another theme because now we have a theme for the main topic. Here we go. Here we are. Little, We're in the main topic. Christmassy, a little Christmassy. A little bit. Um, it's like you're opening a gift. Uh, this is the main topic where we're going to talk about Lupin the Third, the First. Woo! Lupin the Third. Uh, Full spoilers for the latest uh, movie with Lupin, 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 uh, Lupin, the third. All right. What do we think about this one? I'm going to go first. Man, are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, and, and this might be the coolest animated movie I've seen in my life. In terms of story, it's pretty simple and fun. Characters are great. But looking at this movie, I was crying how good, how good it was. Oh, my God. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, it's not, it's certainly not reinventing the wheel. Uh, definitely not if you have any experience with Lupin. There's a lot of just kind of the same stuff here. Yeah. Um, it's not really new in a big way, but it is fresh, fun, lively, uh, and beautiful to look at. So I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, real quickly, Mag says, love it. I'm going to assume that means the theme. No, he loves cherry. <laughs> uh, ben, Ben, what do you think? This movie's gorgeous. This movie is beautiful. This is this is. 
I want to say this is a translation from hand-drawn 2D animation to 3D CG anima- animation perfected. Because mm-hmm. I used to... Because I used to watch the um, the anime on Adult Swim back in the day. And I was like, this looks exactly like it. And I mean, we'll get into the story. We'll get into the action. But it, it it's great. I It is gorgeous. Every time I remember watching this movie going, my God, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I uh, have never seen anything involving Lupin the Third. Really? I thought you, uh, was it you nope. or Sparks who watched? Who told, no, it was Sparks who told me to watch the Castle of Caligostro. Yes, it was. Um, let's be let's be real so this is the first ever thing i've seen of this character and i really liked it i thought it was a blast i'm glad i'm so glad yeah uh lupon is weird uh in its continuity and the way it works um if you are familiar with the series the the continuity goes by the color of lupon's jacket tells you what iteration of the characters and time period and that kind of stuff it's supposed to be um there are four or five, I believe. Uh, the most modern and recent one is the blue. Uh, this being the red jacket places it back in the third iteration, which is the most popular and, and also has the most stories. That um, doesn't change a lot. The characters are practically the same. Um, all it usually shifts is maybe a few origin stories here. Um, certainly like the time period that they're dealing with, like uh, the most modern interpretation is nowhere near World War II. Um, or post-World War II. It's much more close to modern age. Um, but uh, this one takes place in that in that setting, and um, I really, really liked it. Also, most uh, not all Lupin stories, a few, but not all, are like this. They're not uh, adventure-style things. They're usually more in the vein of Pink Panther or murder mystery kind of things. Um, this one is a, a globe trotting adventure indiana jones Jones. yeah like my memory of lupon again it's from like it's from toonami or adult swim like 15 years ago adult swim so i'm going like does lupon have aliens i don't remember this shit happening in this show um it was a nice Uh, nice fucking pace yeah i I I, there's a line where it's a um where where someone says like uh i think lupon says that thief and archaeologists aren't too far off um and i was like yes if indiana jones has taught me anything that is true yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I said the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't. I remember someone posted a meme. Is like, how long does a thing have to be in the ground before when it goes from grave robbing to archaeology? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I yeah, I really like adventure stories. I I, I I'm not uh, familiar with this character very well. Uh, I did find out a lot about his creator though this week. Um, after we watched the movie, we looked up uh, what's his name, Monkey Monkey Fist, Monkey, Monkey Punch, Punch? Monkey Punch. Monkey Punch. Monkey Punch. Uh, he passed uh, away in 2017. Yeah. Uh, uh, to, yes, 2017. Yeah, and he has actually a quote in the movie from 2017 that I want to bring up that I thought was really sweet, knowing that he had passed away, um, that he want he wants to keep taking Lupin on adventures around the world forever. Um, it, it was too bad. No, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. He did die in April 2019, the same year that the movie was coming out. Oh, okay. Um, the quote is from 2017. He passed away earlier that year before the movie was released. He was working on uh, Justice League cartoons with with DC Comics. He was hugely influenced by DC Comics, apparently. Um, and th- those are still coming. Uh, he did the designs. They're going to be like a merchandising thing in Japan. Right on. Yeah. Um, Lupin is a, is a really interesting uh, pulpy character who has survived and kept his style. Lupin, the anime, will hit its 50th anniversary next year. Or sorry, wow. this year. Uh, this this year is going to be the 50th anniversary of Lupin, so they're looking for another way to celebrate. 
Um, it's been around a long time, but that 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 trend, that style of Lupin really works and continues to work for a lot of people. Um, it's very nice because even just you being unfamiliar, Brandon, me being slightly familiar, like we can both just jump in and get exactly the same stuff out of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the things I love about those characters, all those things are pretty much reintroduced to you here anyway. So like I, you're getting the same enjoyment out of it that I am of seeing them again. Uh, Pops constantly busting open a door and shouting Lupin <laughs> and then sending in like faceless police drones. He was always constantly. my favorite dude. He, He's so good. I love him because like most cops are like, you know, they're gritty and they're like, oh, I gotta catch this guy or it's the end. He's, he's he kicks up a door. It's my enemy. I'm here to get you. He's just yeah, yeah. always so stoked to see his villain. And I just, I, I eat that shit up he's always smiling i love it yeah there was uh, the the scene in the desert is my favorite um because first off like a do a, a little a little uh bug uh vehicle shows up in the in the desert uh driven by his two pals who just happened to drive from japan to, to yeah, here yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely that's what they do and that's yeah. ridiculous and i love it uh and then he's like well there's one guy who's gonna track me down no matter where in the world i am and right. it's just in the in the in the helicopter loop yeah you <laughs> so funny um yes it's it, the humor is is top notch um Lupin is is wonderful because he is a silly yet competent thief. Um, however, he's dumb. His, his competence, his overcompetence, comes from the fact that he knows someone else is always going to bail him out. Yeah. Which is the other competent individuals he surrounds himself with, which is like the greatest samurai who's ever lived, Go the on. absolute best female thief in the world, mm -hmm. and uh, the absolute best sharpshooter that has ever existed. You need nothing more to prove that than when he shoots the screws loose <laughs> on the traffic side. Oh, it's so no. good. Well, I love good. that part. Especially I when, love when Jigen takes his pistol and just just goes like two shots, and then the and the slow mo bullet moving the bolt off. I was like, that well, is so cool. That is so that is so uh, evident in this movie by the fact that he jumps out of a plane, confidently knowing that he's going to get rescued before he hits the ground. It's yeah. exactly true, Luke. Like Lupin is his major thing is that he's just always like, if I don't have it handled, I I know someone else has it handled, so it's gonna be fine. He, is, he believes in his team so much. He's like, yeah, I can put myself in danger no matter what at all times, and I'm gonna be okay. I'm like, I guess that's one way of doing it, my guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but especially that girl, like he's so confident that that girl's gonna show up, even though it's uh, it's his rival. Yeah, oh. in a, in, a, in a plane. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, Fujiko and Lupin have a interesting like rival friendship, and it also depends on the jacket era. This is another one of those things where that matters, depending how much that rivalry runs deep. Um, but in the red one, it's a very playful, like she's always part of the team, but she's also always constantly like just making sure she gets out with a little bit more reward than Lupin mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in one way or another, uh, whatever that means. Um, she's a great character. He's also like a thief with like a heart of gold. Yeah. Like he's like, he, he, yeah, he's stealing stuff, but like, he lets himself get caught by the cops just to make sure that she's going yeah. to land. Okay. And like, if she like falls off the roof or something, like he makes sure like, Oh my God, is she about to die? Even though I'm about to get caught. Like yeah, yeah. he's still a good person despite, you know, being Robin Hood-esque and yeah. you know, evil and stuff. Um, yeah. He, so the story here is that the, they, they need to get this journal from Brisson. No, the Brisson diary. Um, uh, you get this doomsday weapon. Yeah, Lupin. Uh, Lupin's other thing. Uh, just speaking to him as a thief, real quick, is that he's very. Um, he's driven by the challenge more than the reward. The yeah. rest of the team is driven by the reward. They 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 like they like Lupin, but they want the reward. Uh, Lupin is just more interested in the challenge. 
um, which is why they, they also get frustrated with him a lot in a lot of the other properties mm-hmm. because he'll constantly stiff them on the reward because he'll ultimately decide to sometimes return the thing or give it to somebody else. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I just want to make sure I could get, you know, <laughs> like he doesn't care. Uh, I love the the scene uh, near the end, like when he has to go through like the death hallway and he yeah, sees yeah. his grandfather's hat and he's like, oh, he can do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, baby. And then he's like, oh, it's my turn, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, all the like the unbridled enthusiasm that the whole team has, like this whole movie, it's just bursting with just like positivity about about people stealing shit. And it's just so fun. Like it this really makes me want to revisit all that old Lupin shit that I used to watch. Cause sure. like again, seeing pops just pop out, I'm like, oh my god, I missed that dude so much. I didn't even know. Yeah. Just uh-huh. um uh whatchamacallit? Like when uh they're trying to play around when we're trying to figure out with the combination to the key to open the diary the the famous like clock because he's like hey i don't know why this feels nostalgic for some reason and he's like uh hey it opened how'd you open it yeah yeah he knows uh he figures out pretty early that that their grandfathers knew each other yeah right um yeah uh hitler's in this kind of uh apparently interpol created the moment they wheeled him out, I'm like, that's Lupin. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, that's not Hitler. <laughs> that's absolutely Lupin. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, so uh, Interpol apparently uh, sent around a picture of an old, of an aging Adolf Hitler to try to flush out Nazis. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. It worked. Uh, I love uh, the guy so fanatical and just like, Adolf Hitler's alive. I know it. Uh, I really enjoyed the opening, um, the way that the, the film started. I thought that was really great. Um, especially because I, I didn't peg right away that like this wasn't going to be Lupin. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't remember the Red Jacket's history with his parents or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, is this, is this Lupin? Is that why we're Lupin the first? This is the grandpa and everything? But yeah, it yeah. turns out to be the, the girl. Um, but that still ties in heavily to Lupin's grandfather, which is cool. Yeah. Lupin's Would grandfather I... created the case that holds the Bresson diary. Yes. yes. Yeah. Which I think that's because the while i was watching this movie as much as i was loving it i was like but the, to me the title still doesn't make sense it's like what is it why do they call it loop on the third the first and then with all the stuff with the grandpa i was like oh maybe that's why they call it the first because i it think was, it's that's exactly why yeah oh. uh um, it's, it's because he's completing he's completing something his grandfather left for him to complete mm-hmm. which is yeah. loop on the first mission yeah, yeah it's it, you know it's kind of one of those things that probably doesn't sound great when translated Probably. Um, no. um, uh, uh, I oh no, I had it and it's gone. Planes I just think look, it's great. Planes look cool. <laughs> they do look cool. Uh, dope. Yeah. I I really enjoy. Uh, uh, I said this before. I really enjoy period adventure stories. Um, just how much the the tone of this is so right up my alley. This is just a a, a rollicking good time trying to save the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. There's just, there's a, there's a lot to enjoy both in the beauty of the animation. I will admit to like somewhere around like the five minute mark to about the 15 minute mark, probably it was bothering me a little bit to watch the dub, which I preferred Mm. to do because I'm, I'm uh, acclimated to the dub voices. I've watched everything I've watched of Lupin. I've watched in the dub. I love the dub voices. Um, So I didn't want to move away from that. This animation is so crisp and good though, that the dubbing is much harder to get away with than it is in 2D animation. So, um, but, but once we got a certain length in, I just started 
gelling with it and not not paying too much attention to it, just soaking in the animation at wide without trying to pay too much attention to the lips syncing because it was never going to go 100%. So that's actually one of my criticisms of the movie because I noticed that too. Five, I'm around the five minute, 15 minute mark. Uh, I want to say I really started to notice it when Lupin and Letitia were in the Letitia's apartment. And for some reason, I'm just like, hmm, the lips, the I, because I, I get it. Dubbing is hard. It is a really hard thing to do, and they don't always nail it. Well, but, and it, well, more than that, it's not. It, it's not even the dub's fault. The animation is not like what they usually animate Lupin in. They are making those lips. Yeah, and it's not just make, up, make, open, close. Make the motions yeah. that they are saying in Japanese. If you watch the Japanese, it's perfect. It's yeah. it's absolutely like yeah, one hundred percent. So it's not really the movie's fault. It's not. It's it's. They're also no not, knock on. They're it. not going to reanimate the yeah. entire movie just for the. They're American doing audience, the best that right. they can. Yeah. It is just the hardship of this this new yeah. animation format makes that a challenge. But I thought ultimately it still looked it, it still worked really well there was oh. just a moment of adjustment i had to get through mm-hmm. once you get past that because i got past that adjustment the same way you did and it was the rest of the movie it never bothered me at all yeah um yeah that i think it's, yeah i was gonna say i also think it was unfair to mention as, as a criticism uh seeing as it is not in fact the movie's fault but this uh this mm-hmm. this made me think of it made ryan think of it too the the earwig uh uh uh, Wherever the, the, the Ghibli the, movie the Ghibli, is, the new Ghibli movie that's coming out. Right. And we watched the English trailer just last week, and I'm like, "Wow, that looks like an aw- awful mess." And the thing is that, like, I can't even embrace that dub because the animation has already lost me. So I definitely couldn't watch that one in dub if I tried. But watching this one, I'm 100% out on that Ghibli movie. I can't do it. Like that looks so garbage in comparison to this, and I cannot believe that it's coming from Ghibli. Yeah. When this is out, you put it side by side. So gorgeous. Yeah, you put them side by side, and you're like, "How? How is this? How is this thing? This movie? This movie is going to come out like this movie came out like a while ago." And that that earwig movie or whatever is like coming out soon. Yeah, this this movie's top to bottom gorgeous. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't like I can't say it, like it looks so good. I am not usually a fan of going the three D direction over two yeah. D in anime, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna put this much effort into it, this much heart into it, then you know great. what? Awesome. You know why I think it I think it also really works is that it's still over it still is over expressive like an anime. Uh, yeah, they don't tone down oh, yeah. any anything. It is just it's the exact same thing that you'll see in an anime, but in 3D. Not only that, Ben Ben is exactly right with what he said earlier. It looks just like every other Lupin. It's just prettier. Yeah. But it, <laughs> all the characters are doing the exact same mannerisms. They're they're behaving the exact same way. They move the exact same way. Lupin has a very specific body movement. They recreate it 100. percent It mm-hmm. it is exactly those same things, the same style, just done really gorgeous. I mean, I watched Castle of Caligostro way back in July. So if I were to watch Castle of Caligostro and then watch Lupin the Third the first again, they were, I would have been like, these movies aren't great. I mean, yeah, one's 2D, one's 3D, but I would not have been mad for the jump to 3D because all of those, uh, like the mannerisms, the facial expression, the facial expressions, when um, Goemon like does his sword thing and chops something in half, and it's just like awesome. It's like that looks just like it would have done in the 2d version but now it's 3d the 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 biggest thing for me i think the biggest praise i can give it is that at no point did i feel like i was watching a video game cutscene. Mm-hmm. i always yep. felt like i was watching an animated film me too. uh it was always on that standard it was always mm-hmm. delivering 100 with its characters with the detail uh with everything that they were portraying i was like i am watching 
an anime and film. I'm how, not just watching a really well done video game cutscene. How cool is that Doomsday Eclipse thing from from a pre ancestral race apparently that now exists in this universe? Uh, but it creates like little miniature like black hole bombs. Sick, uh, sick things that drop just like the seismic bombs. I was from, thinking seismic uh, bomb Boba Fett and Jango like, Fett bull bombs. drops down and creates a black hole. Uh, incredible. Yeah. Looks great, yeah. So if I if someone hypothetically, let's say a friend of mine, was interested in getting into Lupin the Third, where should they start? Netflix. Um, I that think, movie. I do not think you can go wrong with starting at Castle of Cagliostro. It is not the first thing by any timeline or anything like that. However, it is a great introduction to that world. It I know like you, you've been introduced now with this. It's still a great place to go. That is Hayao Miyazaki's debut film. That's a Ghibli baby. It is. It is gorgeous. It's wonderful. It is a good time. You cannot go wrong with it. After that, I would probably recommend choosing one of the, the series. Um, there are five parts. They they are not connected to each other. They are their own self-contained long They're like uh, Are they like Tenshi Muyo? Sort of. I mean, like uh, again, like this goes back to Lupin is based at... Blue series is good. Exactly. Like the Blue Jacket series is good. Um, the modern era I really enjoyed and you don't really need to know anything beforehand I really enjoyed the most recent run which was Lupin, Lupin the Third Part 5 um, again that is just like it is its own running story throughout the series it has nothing to do with the previous ones you don't need to worry about that you can just jump into that show so Lupin's very easy to just kind of pick and drop in okay. uh, but you know off air you and I could talk about like what I've seen what I would recommend that kind of thing yeah. or things I've heard are good Simon, um, Brandon, did you just mention Tenchi Muyo? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, I, I watched Tsunami. No, no, I just I only watched Tenchi Muyo because a kid in my uh, science class back in high school read, gave me or loaned me some videotapes with like the first six episodes on them, and I loved it. And I couldn't find it ever. Again. Oh man, Tenchi Muyo is weird. Oh I mean, yeah, I, I know Tenchi Muyo. I remember, weird. I remember, I watched the beginning of the first series, and then like they're like more Tenchi Muyo, and I was like, oh cool, and it's a completely different continuity. I'm like, I don't understand what just happened. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tenchi Tenchi's Tenchi's something else. Tenchi's um, Mag says <laughs> TV specials and other films are different when talking yeah. about Lupin. Yeah, there's all there's all kinds of different things. Um, there's there's uh, special films for just um, uh, the members of the team. There's the there's a Fujiko one, there's a Goemon one, J uh, Jigen one. They're all there. Um, yeah, it, it's there's a lot that you can dig into, yeah. no problem. Um, uh, I really what series was it that aired on Adult Swim in the early 2000s? Do you guys, do you know what I, 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 I want to say it's Loop on the Third Part 2, but it might be Part 3. Okay, because I'm trying because that's where I first started watching Loop on the Third, and oh uh, man, because I can't remember what color his jacket uh, was. It says part five. That's the most recent one. Oh, that's airline tsunami. Oh, Mag, Mag, Mag apparently says part two. Part, part two. two. Well. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, part okay. two. <clears throat> so uh, yeah. um, I I really love uh, Lambert's whole turn when he's like. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't even care about the fear. Like, I got power now. F you. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, this is exactly what I want this character to do. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's he's a craptastic person, but he still takes the bullet for the girl, which yeah. is real nice. And I he's love. So, he's so confused about why he did it too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and I love when he's like, you were just a pawn. That's all he can say as he's dying. You were just a pawn. I love when he grabs uh, him, Lambert, by the face and just lifts him away. Yeah. He's like, are you out of your mind? Like, you're just, <laughs> and I'm not, like, yeah, man. dude, he's just going to beat the shit out of you. You're old. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I thought the opening was also really good. Just a, a great like ease into the, into the mystery, both the opening with her as a baby mm-hmm. and the grandfather Bresson being shot and, the James and Bond him, opening. and him, uh, you seeing him early on Lambert seeing her and, and making the plan to get her later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, jumping to the, the present for the film, which is when Lupin is, uh, is trying to steal it, uh, from the, the exhibit that they're doing for the premiere. And he's like the chief of security or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I figured it out this is Lupin. He's like, oh. <laughs> 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 then uh, runs it. Oh, I just love every. I cannot tell you how many times I had the dumbest, the dumbest smile on my face when I was watching it. If I had to compare this to something, it was probably, now, okay, now Dragon Ball Z Broly, that was a different smile. That was a, oh yeah, smile. Whereas this one's like, man, this is just, this is just great. This is just fun. It's like, it's, like Bill it's just like radiating positivity and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, well, as I was watching, I was like, man, I miss Indiana Jones style. Let's solve the mystery together. Like, oh, let's, like, hey, let's figure out how, oh, there are two keys. You need two keys to open this set. I was like, oh, this has a timer, or else this thing's going to explode and it's going to destroy the diary. Yeah. Shit, we got to hurry We gotta hurry up. Just like putting the clues together and seeing everything intertwine and then them fall, uh, getting, like when uh, a Goemon needs to use his sword to, to build the bridge and everyone's just like looking at him. He's like, I'm not doing anything. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know what's an interesting joke? Or it might not be meant to be a joke, but when a Lupin makes... Uh, who makes fun of her for having the same name as her mom? Oh, that's definitely the, uh, uh, a joke he doesn't understand he's making. Because he's yeah, yeah. making fun of himself. Yeah, he's like, that hey, that's not very original. Yeah, <laughs> being the third. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Lupin the third. <laughs> he's like, he, and she's like, yeah, all my, all the women in my family are named Laetitia. Yeah. That's pretty lazy if you ask me. Right. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, I, I love that it's an anime adventure film where you, because only in, in this style can you get him slicing the bus in half and it rolling on both sides for a time. <laughs> as I get Lupin in the car. I'm like, man, that's just good stuff. Yeah. That's just so, that's just such good eye candy. I can't, it's, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's a visual, it's a visual treat, but it's also like, just really fun to listen to and watch. Like, it's not just a good looking movie. Because if it was just like the best looking animated movie, then I'd be like, okay, like I would pop this on just to to watch it. But like the fact that it's also just like another good loop and adventure, it's like, oh baby, this is a winner. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't go wrong with this one. A- absolutely. Um, yeah. Megan, Megan, who's not usually a big fan of anime, watched it with us, and she was just she's never watched a Lupin thing before, but she really enjoyed this one. Yeah, uh, totally for her, it it did work, and she really enjoyed the adventure of it. It's it's just. It's good, easy watching. Like it's not, um, again, like there's not, there's not necessarily a whole lot of new, new, new stuff uh, here for adventure films or for Lupin fans. But um, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. It's top notch quality for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's really all we have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, like watch this movie you guys like it's for real like it might be for me the best looking 3d animated movie i've ever seen in my life like i think it is so stunning in every frame like they're like that's a tintin like 
I don't know what animated movies like goes this hard. And it's like, oh, holy shit, man, they really did it. The environments are a really interesting thing where like there's there's this blend of like something that looks close to realism, yeah. but it's still so distinctly Yeah, animated. and like the clothes are so detailed. It's like, that's, some of the stuff almost <laughs> looks real. And some like, there was like baby hands at one point. I'm like, that just looks like a baby hand. Um, it's good shit. Yeah. Um, okay, let's rate it. Ben, what would you give it? Give it a 10. Cool. God, this movie is just so damn good. I mean, yeah, the story isn't the best thing in the world, but I didn't care. It the animation is just gorgeous, and I can easily get past the um the problems I had with the dub in the first ten minutes because later on they're on a caper, and I'm ha- and I'm so invested. And I have such a great time with it. So yeah, this is the ten. Ryan, I'm gonna give it a nine point five. I don't even know why I don't I, I don't want to give it a ten. Uh, I, the story again, like it's it's not super new, but in terms of being like. A, a sight for sore eyes i'm like hell yeah baby i'll get yeah, a 9.5 sparks i'm also at 9.5 i would practically i i would basically call it a perfect lupon adventure which almost would give it at the the 10 but for what it is i i do wish that like at this point being more familiar with the lupon franchise i'm like we could have done something a little more nuanced with the yeah. villain we could have done something a little more nuanced with the story but i'm not upset about yeah, it I, it I, just I, takes it out of that absolute top tier for me but it's real real close uh some of the people who are familiar with lupon mm-hmm. that i talked to on twitter they're saying like yeah it, they thought it was fine from a story perspective they thought it was gorgeous but yeah like for the story it's like yep it's another one of those and i'm like i if maybe if i'm super into it i'd feel that way but i'm not yeah because yeah. yeah. it's been... am... mm. sorry no no you, you no uh yeah. i i am with i am with sparks and ryan i'm saying a 9.5 watch the start start the year with the highest rated movie of the year <laughs> All right, um, that'll do it for the main topic, Loop on the Third. So now let's move into our book club. Uh, I got... ben, did, you have, did you have a last thought on Lupin that you were going to say? Um, pretty much my last thing on Lupin was that it's been a while. It's been For me, it's been a few months since I saw any Lupin media, which was Castle of Cagliostro, and I thought that was amazing. And going back into the universe with Lupin in the game, I just was happy, and I could not stop smiling. Um, yeah. I have a, a live audience. I have a theme for book club as well. Here we go. The Fickner book club. There are. What? What's so funny? Oh, nothing. <laughs> You'll never hear it. <laughs> um, there are, uh, there are lyrics to that fun fact. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tell them to you on Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. Hear the lyrics to the Fickner book club. La la la. Um, also, if you didn't notice, the book, the, the bread and butter theme uh, is still the da 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 da. You know, like the here's your bread and butter. Yeah. It's like, All right. My book club this week is Superman Secret Identity, written by Kurt Busiek and uh, drawn by Stuart Eminen. Yeah. Superman Secret Identity. This is basically uh, what if a boy named Clark Kent in the real world uh, got the powers of Superman? Yeah. Um, so this is uh, the uh, he's coming at this from an idea that he had when Crisis on Infinite Earths was coming out, Superboy. which was all about a Superboy uh, story that that ended there. Two thousand and four. Uh, that was, was conceptually this idea, um, and then it, it ballooned for him into this. He wanted it to just be the story of that character, and then he turned it into his own his own work of what if this person. Uh, with these things happened. Um, 
this is a really unique book uh, uh, and a really unique take to a quasi-Superman story. Because um, it's basically kind of telling the, uh, like, a Superman origin, but, like, through a weird lens of, like, a, like the world knowing who Superman already is. Right. It's so, it's such an, it's, it is a weird book. And you're, I like you're Superman, but you're Superman because Superman, Superman exists. Yeah. And so you're just, it's just easier to pretend to be him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's, it is, it is an interesting way to present that. And, uh, and I'm His glad- name's Clark Kent because- Clark his Kent's parents like, thought that were fun was yeah. funny because their last names were Kent and they lived in Kansas and they yeah. were Superman fans. Yeah. And then uh and then you get to Lois and Lois God. and Lois meets him. But I'm grateful that it wasn't like a one for one Lois Lane. It's a no, Lois yeah. who they set up with a Clark Kent because a lot of other people think it's funny. Um I, even says he was set up, he's been set up with 18 Loises, like yeah. five Lanas. A, a couple of Lanas and one I won't lie. Like I'm really grateful that her name wasn't Lois Lane. I'm really grateful that she was, she was Indian. I thought that was a really nice addition to it. Mm -hmm. Um, When she talks about this happening to her a bunch, I'm like, who's, who's taking Lois. Like uh, I forget her last name. It's like Lunder or something. Yeah. Like it's an Indian style last name. Who's taking that girl and going, Oh, you got to meet this Clark Kent. Like I get it. If it was Lois, I understand that. I understand why people do that to Clark Kent. Uh, I, I still think like even the number he lists is like that's a little much, but but yeah. every now and then like the amount of joking he gets at the expense of the name once he gets past school feels a little like, I mean, c- come on, <laughs> but um, but beyond that, uh, I really think that the story works overall. Yeah, um, I really love. I honestly one of my favorite. Uh, I think some of my favorite stuff is is in the early stage when he makes the decision to not have his big coming out and to remain hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really love the way that comes together. The art is gorgeous. Um, Stuart Eminem has been a god for 25 years. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's no different here. Um, I, I think that where this book excels is just how Ooh. well. Yeah. Splash page. It, yeah, there's there's so many gorgeous splash pages and, and so many gorgeous just large panels. Um, this book excels in telling the story from his perspective of all these character considerations he takes in. Uh, how much they they cover by jumping the decades they mm-hmm. do uh, when he's captured by the government, all the things he does to avoid. You know them. what this reminds me of? If Spider-Man life stories, but if not, it's but not, similar. but not from actual his perspective, from somebody else's perspective. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, going through the decades of living with these characters and stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that's that's a very fair comparison. Uh, I, I go ahead, Ryan. No, I've I've talked. To, it's your book club. You talk more. Um, I I picked this mainly because uh, Kurt Busiak just released, just finished his Dark Knight, his Batman Dark Knight series, which is the same concept, but with Batman. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Um, And I I never, it's been been on my shelf for a while. I was considering picking it up. So I I was like, well, I'll read this and see how I like it. Um, And I I really enjoyed this. I really love uh, how it jumps to the decades, how we don't really know how he got his powers. Um, It's never quite explained that well. How he comes out to Lois is such a great moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there's there's a lot. Uh, I think, oh, this is another one of my favorite parts, is when he's forced to be called away from the birth of his children, mm-hmm. but yeah. he's listening the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, man, this is just this is just good, real good character shit. And it's like, it's dressed up in Superman, but like, and it's just, re- it's nice that like, he's just a person who wants to do to help people if because he feels a 
an amount of like I should, yeah, but not like a I need to kill myself doing it or a mm-hmm. total responsibility for the world. He's like, I should just, you know, when I got the opportunity, yeah. I need to go out there and do something. And it's because cool. otherwise I I'm I'm wasting it and I won't let the I love when he's talking about like going out there still after the government, uh when he's uh coming up from the ocean and everything and he's saying like, you know, I won't let them take this from me. I just won't. I can't. Yeah. Um, um there's a lot of there, there's stuff in, in the fourth book with uh Malloy, the uh, the uh, yeah. agent that works with him, I really enjoy their relationship because it's really antagonistic. But the the description, the 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 interior monologue of, of Clark talks about like how he kind of wishes it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, but then he remembers it works for the federal government. Blah blah blah. And then at he, the, when, he specifically says, "I remember the first time." Yes, when I couldn't trust them, and he and, and he, just, he won't let himself forget it. Yeah, and 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 at the end of it, he's pretty sure that the government has superpowered people in their employ but he doesn't he doesn't know for sure and he doesn't know what he should do about it um and then when malloy retires and that kind of like confirms it and he's like and at the end when malloy knows that he's clark kent and and clark's like no maybe i should have gotten him that scotch yeah i thought that was i thought that was a really good thing because it 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 kind of subverts the antagonist to friendship thing until just the very end when it was like, Oh, after this whole time, you and I could have just been friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, yeah, absolutely. I think that relationship is really good. I love the way that they, they button it and end it. Um, I love the comic book. I love that. He just that kind area. of outlasts the government's need or interest in him. Yeah. Uh, uh, from fear. Uh, another one of my favorite parts is this whole section when he's captured and as he's captured by the government, he's hallucinating into classic, Superman comic yeah. strip of yeah. being uh, punished by Brainiac. And I Lex love Luthor, those those all those old school comics that he which, reads, yeah. which then spills into the beautiful, like mostly chromatic images of him breaking out of the lab, seeing what they've done, being so distressed, destroying mm-hmm. it, uh, and leaving it behind, and then being in trauma from it for a yeah. while. I thought that was all just so good. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. also really like the reporter in the first book who. Uh, sets up an explosion on a gas main in 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 Kansas uh, just to expose mine. him. He's mine. Yeah, the, the way that the way that he describes, like I I just knew the moment she was coming forward like that, she did this. I yeah. didn't know how, but I knew she did this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I love that. Like again, he does he doesn't need to be Superman, but he wants to help out. So like he'll wear the Superman suit and he'll be a blur. And if people see them, ah, then this it was just Superman. And like he that's okay with him. Well, um, it, 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 people will think they're hallucinating because, like, oh, you were saved by Superman. You must have hit your head too hard. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so. I think that's the most fascinating part is it's this guy who's who doesn't idolize Superman. He doesn't really like consider much about him. From what we can tell, he's never even read a comic. Uh, not really. Yeah. Uh, it, and he's doing it because he's like it's easier for them to not find him mm-hmm. because it seems like a joke. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's the easiest way to hide in plain sight because who would just suspect the boy named Clark Kent, and who's a writer, is also Superman. It seems to remain that way even into the future when we know that, the, that there are superheroes now uh, that extended from the government program that was tracking him. The the idea that there doesn't seem to be like, oh, there was a Superman. Like we had a real Superman saving us. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be like he he remained a secret up until heroes were were uh, were found out. Yeah, even then, like it doesn't seem like they're one hundred percent convinced the wider world that Superman was real for a time. Yeah. 
It's weird. Um, he even talks about his book, how he left himself and his daughters out of it. Yeah. Uh, I love the the way that he talks about watching sunsets as he's aging. Yeah. Uh, how much that means to him and how that buttons into the finale. The finale is super strong mm-hmm. when it takes us way forward when he's white haired and everything. Him flying with like with the kids is I thought. Uh yeah, the, the, yeah, the way that the daughters come about yeah. is is really great too, revealing their powers, uh them deciding to leave it up to their conjecture. Mm-hmm. This is a million percent Bruce Tim, right? Yes. Oh yeah, he's definitely going for that style. He's changing styles panel by panel as he goes through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's aping up uh through Superman looks. Um, because like it's very it's very like uh, the very first one where he's like the boy, I don't even think that's a Superman style. That's like an old comic strip style from the 30s. Yeah. That yeah. was more like uh, the the uh, Dennis the Menace kind of look in his face. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that's necessarily a Superman style. And then it's like the classic Superman. Then it ages up into like the 80s and then it turns into the Bruce Tim look. Yeah. But you're but you're right. It absolutely is like progressing through those images for the decades. Him looking at the the sunset at the front at the the last couple pages, and then flying to get to the next sunset, uh, I think was really great. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I really just love uh, Bill Murray Superman here at the end. <laughs> I think he looks really great. I love Christopher Reeve Superman before that because it is clearly both of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the Christopher Reeve one it was intentional. The Bill Murray one is just kind of coincidental. Um, he, uh, uh, he tell me that one. Panel no, no, look just like just, Bill Murray. It's just funny. That is Bill Murray as Superman. That's he funny. is getting weaker as he ages. Yeah. Uh, the powers are fading as he gets older, uh, which was not something that Superman does. He even tries to recharge himself with the sun. Didn't work. Yeah, he just got a really intense tan. Yeah. Uh, there's also like he he's like I don't he has no answers so there's no answers in the book for it, but he's like it's really bizarre that I can I can punch through steel and I can get knocked through fire and nothing hurts me but a needle can pierce my skin and draw yeah. my blood. Oh I'm man, glad, I'm glad that like the mystery of how he got his powers is never revealed because it's not important to the me book. too. It's, it's not, not it's the not relevant. The book. Right. I'm so glad there wasn't like it they, was me. This was an experiment. They throw out they throw out an explanation of like it could have been this. Uh, yeah. But it's never seen as like the definitive thing. It could be like, if you want the explanation, well, there is an explanation uh, to what it could be. Uh, how the daughters reveal themselves is great. Yes. That's my favorite part of the book. Great. Uh, and they're all excited. Like, we didn't know how we could tell you. And like, he knew it was the it was the, the tornado, right? It's like, yeah, let's go tell your mom. Yeah. After the tornado, I love. He's like, I hear laughter up there. It sounds like my daughter's, and I just imagine, like, it's not there, but I imagine just like a, <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, "What are you doing? What, what are you doing?" Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really great moment when they save the train together, and they're, and they're just like, "Hey, Dad, cool that we all have superpowers, right?" And yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing that, that this is a book that Superman's not even really in it. Really, no, not really. It's just about a dude who has superpowers, but the influence and impact Superman has on the world changes everything about this book and who like the person becomes, right? Like it's that just shows how powerful Superman as a character is. But again, like it is so funny because like he's not personally really connected to not at all. No, like he's not. It it just kind of is a weird uh, uh, happenstance that he ends up like kind of blending into the man mm-hmm. to the hero but he's he doesn't idolize him no. uh he's he's a far cry away from clark as a person in the sense that this is a character this clark kent is a character who i uh 
loves his privacy, loves his his isolation, which is not something that Clark Kent is like in the main comics. Yeah, um, they do not share that character trait in common. This is a very different. I mean, it's a called idea. secret identity, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a very different idea of of who he could have been, who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and it's just it is it is what a weird take to have it be that he is just he is superman because that is the easiest way for him to get away with being a hero yeah, yeah. uh and that's the most convenient way to to run all that i'm sorry you might want to so he, he but, talks um, about he talks about it when um when he gives the explanation uh of the it could have been the meteor that that fell to earth around my birthday or when, when i was born uh and because of all the jokes I just imagined the powers of Superman, and I gave them to myself. And I gave them to myself. And he's woke up in the air one day. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay, that's all I got. Well, I got something. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I, because I, I've seen this book on the shelves at bookstores and comic shops and cons all the time, and I thought to myself, it's like maybe one of these days I'll pick it up. So I'm really glad you did, because I absolutely adore this book. Because this book, to me still is important to people who say that oh how can we relate to superman because this even this shows what superman truly is at his core and that is if you have the power you can help people with it yes this clark kent isn't like the mainline comic books clark kent and not by a long shot sparks said that and he doesn't really want the powers he doesn't like superman at all but he knows what he can do with it and seeing so because when i first started reading this i was like oh is this like superboy prime is this like a some i thought i thought it was like connor for like the first issue with like half the first issue yeah it's like are we getting super is this like where superboy prime shows up what but he's evil what's going on here and then when clark kent realizes he has these powers and he goes Superboy prime didn't start evil oh yeah yeah you're right he didn't start evil but when he but when Clark saves Cassie and then when he realized, oh, this the reporter did it, I, I still – and as he keeps writing his journal, he still says, I still want to go out and save people, but I can't be in a spotlight doing it. That to me is like that's what Superman is. He still wants to go out and help people. I mean he's not in the spotlight. He's not flashing. He's not doing flybys on, on New York City every day, but he still wants to help people and he still does. Um, the glasses, they bring the glasses in a really cool way. It's like it's not for – People at work do not recognize me. So for people who saw me for like a second in the glass tube, so not yeah, and, me. and he talks about you know like when he knows like he's gonna get up close, he's changing his contact lenses, he's he's morphing his cheeks, he's uh, changing his ears so that he's not the same looking. Yeah, um, I'm really happy that this that Superman never has to go through. <laughs> I'm really happy that this is that, that this didn't use his villains. So like, there's no Lex Luthor in this. Nope. No, that would have been, it, it, it works because of this simple concept of like, you, you have like the one big ask. And this is why I say like the lowest one almost pushes it too far, but it just rides that line. But like, you have the one big ask of like, can you believe that a guy who's also named Clark Kent in Kansas, who gets joked about for being like Superman actually gets powers like Superman and can be Superman. Um, and that's your big ask and you have to buy that um, yeah. and anything past that would have been too far yeah. uh, you know can you also buy that there's Lex Luthor and is it, no I can't <laughs> then you're just then you're just a different version of the DC origin yeah. but this is but this all this lands outside of the multiverse in a sense I mean you could still say it's part of the multiverse but it doesn't feel like it's this intrinsically like this is how Clark Kent became like this this feels wholly like his own character his own person 
who has ties to Superman, but they don't feel uh, as as core and intrinsic. He he. What is far more important? What is the most engaging about this character is his. He is a human being with powers. Yeah, uh, that is the thing that separates him so far away from Superman. Makes us feel so far away from being a real Superman story, right. and that's why it's so special on its own. Okay, uh, anything else you guys want to add, or should we get out of here? No, it's great. Get out of here. Good. Day. All right. Um, glad you all liked it. I liked it. Uh, Sparks, it's your turn next week. It is my turn. What do you got? Well, I feel like we all kind of got to read something right now, and it's Vision by Tom King. So we're all reading Vision by Tom King next week. <laughs> Guess what? I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode, but I read all 12 issues in one night it, right before WandaVision. I'm so uh, glad. That's a good we're, book. we're doing all 12, right? We are. Yeah. Okay. Yo, this, this, was, this, was, this was a good book. Um, yeah, I'm excited to go back and reread it. I haven't read it since it first came out. I right. spoilers. I think it's probably the best thing Tom King's written. Um, well, that'll be it. So the vision next week, um, as well as we're going to be reviewing the movie promising young woman. Um, that'll be out next week. Uh, are you saying you're the promising young woman? Yeah, it's me. You're reviewing yeah. me. It's true. Um, All of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Also next week, we're going to be having a, a, a magazine on, uh, this is a new magazine, a quarterly magazine called Kaiju Ramen. We're going to be having the, the creators of that magazine out now that magazine was kickstarted and it's is created by two kaiju podcasters um they decided to put out a, a magazine a quarterly magazine all about kaiju uh, we're gonna be talking to them about that magazine next week so i love it stay tuned okay um as you know we are we have a bunch of stuff on this channel. If you're watching the live show or if you're not, uh, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. Um, and uh, check out our other shows, such as the Fake Nerds Watch, which just got a new logo. I'll pull up the logo again because, like, it's awesome. Uh, for, for those of you who can't uh, see it, I uh, uh, it'll be up on social media. There it is. Fake Nerds Watch. Yeah. That's Watching a cool logo. It. Thank you. But we are doing WandaVision now. Uh, uh, we did the first episode that is out now. Um, link in the description below for the first two episodes of WandaVision. Basement Arcade is another po is another show that we do on this channel. I'll get to throw Sometimes. that one up too. Sometimes yeah. do that though. There it is, a new Basement Arcade logo. It looks awesome. Hell yeah. Um, we should so just play some video games so we have an excuse to use the logo. Let's do uh, Somebody mentioned Einstein earlier. Let's all quarantine and finally do the next Mortal Kombat game. I mean, we're doing our part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my part. The Starship Troopers all of a sudden. <laughs> um, uh, yes, uh, that'd be that'd be fun. I uh, I miss you guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Spin Arcade uh, is up, is up here as well, as well as our Fake Nerd Book Club series. Uh, we are bringing that back soon. We just talked a bit about it a bit about it before the show, so we'll see. Um, the next book we're doing is Little Char and the Gang. And for those of you who don't watch YouTube, there is an audio version of the podcast now, uh, of that podcast. We're right now, the first episode is out and the second episode is out next week. Uh, it's Wasted Space. They're, you guys are a little behind us, so hope you guys Heck like yeah. it. Get that book and read it. That's a good time to be. Wasted yeah. Space. Um... We're, oh, it's also on um, Pandora. We're on Pandora. I forgot to mention, we're on Pandora now. Pandora's oh. still around? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome all you Pandora listeners. 
didn't know they did podcasts. That's crazy. Um, okay, uh, guys, as I mentioned before, I miss my friends. I miss doing Basement Arcade. I miss uh, being able to see people in like person. So why don't you do your part, like Starship Trooper says, and buy the Fake Nerd Podcast exclusive masks uh, for the Crafted by Z makes. We still have them available, and we really want you to wear masks. Um, yeah, the links are in the description below, um, as well as our Patreon. Got three tiers on Patreon. Got your five dollar tier, which gives you a lot of cool content that we used to that we did like years ago, uh, and may give you some new content that's coming forward. Um, but we also have the the ten dollar tier, which is the quarterly T shirt tier, where you're going to get the commemorative uh, Mike Patola's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge when we did the uh, Comic Con, the LA Comic Con. You this are. This is a Mike Matola shirt I'm wearing right now. You were wearing that shirt at that panel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at that synergy. Um, so check that out. And what? And come April, that shirt's gone. It's going to be a new shirt. It's going to be a new shirt there. So Disney Vault, baby. Uh, the the Fake Nerd Podcast Vault, the Fake Nerd Vault. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find a Patreon, and uh, you know what? If you want to give us twenty bucks, thanks, appreciate it. Uh, we also have a T Public. We also have a public where you will find these new logos uh, up there soon, as well as our new shirt, I'd Rather Be a Fake Nerd Than a True Fan, because uh, I feel like that is just how we feel on the show. And mm-hmm. if it's how you feel, check out the shirt. That'll be up on public this week as well. The more um, I hear it, the more I like it. Yeah, right? It's kind of, it's kind of, that happened to me too. Like the first time I said it, I was like, no. But then the more I said it, I was like, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little branding for us. And it's like, you know, who, who true fan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can find all those links at our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Uh, and all those links are in the description below. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to those of you on the live show. I know a couple of you went to bed, but thank you for the ones who stuck around. And as well as Mag, thank uh, you, Mag. who was always the last one standing. Um, <laughs> uh so thank you to everyone there. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci. You just heard some, if you're watching the live show, you just heard some Jeremy Vellucci music, some new Jeremy Vellucci music for our intro segments. Uh, you can find him at Jeremy, Jeremy Vellucci keyboards, or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, which uh, Sparks was just working on. Yeah. And you can also go check out our new fake nerds. Watch WandaVision episode. There's a brand new intro there. Jeremy made the music for it. Uh, we will have new Basement Arcade intro when Basement Arcade comes back. Jeremy does, is doing the music for that. He's doing the music for a whole bunch of new intros for other shows that are coming around. Yeah. Fake, Nerd Book Club. Fake Nerd Book Club, when it returns, we'll have a brand new intro with music from Jeremy. So thanks for yeah. all that. Yeah, buddy. And you can find his podcast on iTunes, Suburban Proctologist, or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official, or Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike is a great guy. He designed all these cool logos for us. Uh, he's been on the show a bunch of times. We just got a comment from K. Titus himself about our Little Mermaid episode. Um, hopefully, some more coming from him soon. Uh, maybe we'll get a bigger. It's two weeks left in the month. Never mind. Next month we'll probably get a uh, Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can find him at Mike Matola. All right, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me trying to get these damn sea shanties out of my head at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, I still write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com, guys. I, do you like old school video games? Because I sure as hell do. I write about them over on that website. 
There's no new Oracle yet, yet, but there will be soon. Hopefully. I'm tired. I really appreciated how you talked about Ready Player Two, and then you're like, and then on the fun things I did this week. <laughs> I it made me giggle because you're like, oh, the things that I actually like this week. <laughs> okay. Spark, uh, Sparks. I'll tell you later. I'm so glad Ben's turned a corner on Ready Player Two. And you can find me enjoying and savoring that at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-B-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. DJ Tony Snark everywhere. All right. You can subscribe to us and find us on Pandora now, uh, but as well as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you get us. Greatly appreciate it. Make sure to like this channel and Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. And until next week, stay fake, nerds. <laughs>